Hey everybody, welcome back to America's Game Episode 8. Uh, I am your host, Eric Vanek, and I'm once again alongside my co-host, Scott Connor. Scott, what's going on, man? Eric, we're back for another week. This has been like the most fun week for us in terms of uh, cutting down rosters, all the depth chart battles that we were looking for in preseason and training camp. Uh, all the running backs that are actually going to make active rosters to start the year. We're getting some clarity on that. So yeah, it's been uh, busy, but also this is like kind of my favorite week of the year, just because we're right on the, the cusp of the start of the season and everything's pretty much finalized. We can now start looking at like this weekend into like actual week one projections and like what your lineups are going to be starting to look like in week one. So yeah, I'm pumped. Yeah, me too. This is what I call depth chart porn for us. So this is uh, our, our show title, Depth Chart Porn. So this we're going to get right into it here. Um, we're going to pretty much go through every team's depth chart here for you guys and talk about them. So first up here, we're going to talk about the Buffalo Bills. Pretty standard depth chart here. Uh, Josh Allen, Case Keenum at quarterback. Running backs, Devin Singletary, James Cook, Zach Moss, Tywan Jones. Tywan Jones is just a special teams player. Uh, wide receivers, Stephon Diggs, Gabriel Davis, Jamison Crowder, Isaiah McKenzie, Khalil Shakir, Jay Kumaro, and tight ends, Dawson Knox, Tommy Sweeney, Quentin Morris. Uh, practice squad, they have a couple decent guys. Raheem Blackshear, Duke Johnson made their practice squads. So those will be guys that you know are – need an injury or two before they are relevant. So if you have them, it's safe to drop those guys. But yeah, these three running backs, Singletary, Cook, Moss, should be rostered everywhere. So if the, one of those guys happens to be on your waivers, most likely Moss, go ahead, pick him up. Um, and then the receivers, I mean, I, I love Diggs, love Gabe Davis. McKenzie looks like he's going to be the starter in the slot, but he has been injured. He's already injured now. He hasn't practiced since like uh, Saturday, I believe I was reading today. So, you know, Crowder could easily be a guy who fits into that offense at some point this year and takes that spot back um, if McKenzie gets hurt. So Crowder, I'm still holding on to. McKenzie, you're still holding. Shakir, you're probably still going to hold on to as well. And then the tight ends, you probably only really want to roster Dawson Knox right now. Is that what you're thinking too, Scott? Yeah, I mean, they cut O.J. Howard. Uh, they kept Tommy Sweeney, who's just a blocker, but he played a lot last year. I mean, he played when Knox was down. Uh, and they kept Quentin Morris, who's a small, undersized guy that's not that athletic. So, I'm, you know, how much I love receiving Raz Freak tight ends, but Quentin Morris isn't that. So I'm not interested in any of the backup tight ends. Uh, it is interesting. You have to take seriously all three running backs. I think you have to take seriously the slot role outside of Davis and Diggs. So you have to hold all three receivers because of that reason mm -hmm. could be any of the three in a given period of time. So as much as we want to say all oh, Crowder's a roster clog or all oh, don't draft Khalil Shakir. I think this year you can justify if you put any value on McKenzie, you have to put some value on those guys too. And then honestly, Case Keenum is probably one of the better backups to hold too if you ever had to play him. So any right. Josh Allen team, I'm definitely trying to get Case Keenum. Any non-Josh Allen team, if I'm, I'll pick up Case Keenum if I can't figure out anybody else to pick up. So I think there's a lot of uh, relevant guys here on this step chart, and that makes sense because they're probably, you know, one of the top three, top five offenses in the league. So it makes sense. Right. I agree with that. Um, all right. Now on to Miami. So quarterback, Tua Tagovailoa, Teddy Bridgewater, Skylar Thompson. 
Uh, running backs, this is, you know, we talked about um, the other day, you know, top running back depth charts, and we talked about the Browns and the Jets, and I definitely think Miami is one of the ones that you can put up there now. Chase Edmonds, Raheem Mostert, Miles Gaskin, and Salvin Ahmed uh, made the 53-man roster. Uh, they ended up cutting Sony Michelle, and he went to the Chargers, so, you know, nice to see that. I thought Ahmed was definitely a goner. Um, for sure, but you know, hey, it's nice to see him uh, make the team, and I I want to roster all four of these guys. I think all four are super talented, and you know, the attrition Raheem Mostert could always get hurt. Chase Edmonds has been banged up. You know, these guys could all be factors at some point this season. So I want all four of them. Wide receivers: Tyree Kill, Jalen Waddle, Cedric Wilson Jr., Eric Azukanma, and Trent Sherfield make the roster, and then they end up keeping five tight ends: Mike Gesicki, Durham Smythe, Hunter Long, Seathan Carter, Tanner Connor. Um, Hunter Long is probably like the only one that I'm really interested in. Uh, I'm still not a big fan of Gesicki. And then on our practice squad, one that I was interested in is Zaquandre White. Um, I think that would take a, an injury before he would come up. Um, but I am a little bit interested in him if he did uh, happen to uh, make the roster come up come up because of an injury if Mostert or Ahmed or whoever got hurt. Uh, but I think you agree with me. Keep all four of these running backs. Yeah, this is definitely one of those backfields you want to have all four of them. Uh, we'll talk about other running backs too and going forward with the other teams where the, the one man on the practice squad too is one you want to keep an eye on for sure. Um, I like Hunter Long. I think he's still, you can get him super cheap. He's literally a Gasecki uh, trade or he moves on after this year from being somebody that's definitely worth picking up. Really, really good. Raz score will add some high draft capital. Uh, Tanner Connor, same thing, even though his profile looks a lot like Mike Gasecki, like he's basically just an oversized wide receiver. So, I mean, he's worth picking up. Like I have in the league, a two tight end 40 man roster league that I picked him up. Uh, but that's about the extent of where I'd pick him up. And then uh, the the receivers, honestly, are I've seen people valuing a little bit Cedric Wilson. I think they're just betting that this offense is better than what people give it credit for. And if it is, then there's going to be probably a third option, whether it's Gusecki, Cedric Wilson, Ezekonma, somebody is going to else be relevant uh, if it's not one of the running backs. And they they really, other than Edmonds, they don't really have a running back that's like an elite pass catcher. You know, Gaskin's okay, but Mostert's not. Uh, Ahmed is probably worse than Gaskin in the receiving game. So I don't really think they have, they don't have like a McKissick or a Naheem Hines. That's basically their starter in Edmonds. So I think there's room for a fourth option. You just don't know who it is. But yeah, this is a, an interesting one. This is one of those where any running back that's active on the team, you, you want for Dynasty, even if it's... Right. A Quandre right, and he's two injuries away from playing. He's one injury away from you got to put him on rosters. Right. My one thing with Cedric Wilson is they have so many slot options like Gasecki plus Tyreek and Waddle can both play the slot and probably do good there as well. Like there's going to be so many guys for that spot. Like I just kind of don't want Cedric Wilson, um, but I could see keeping him too. Let, let me um, ask you this. Is this one of the few teams that you would consider rostering all three quarterbacks? Yeah, I, th I think so. Uh, Skylar Thompson got a lot of buzz in the preseason. If I could use just a, a taxi squad spot on him and, and not have to waste an actual roster spot on him, I think that would be better for me. Um, but I, I actually I think I have maybe one of him, so I'm not really rostering him anywhere. But Tua and Bridgewater I'm definitely uh, keeping a lot of. Yeah. 
I've seen people picking up Skylar Thompson and uh, I, I see it. I understand it. But at the same time, he's one of those where there's a lot of people that have talked him up. But what's what's the path when you pick him up? Because, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to have to hold for multiple seasons. And that's the thing. It, it's what's the path when you pick him up? Mm-hmm. And that's why I haven't really picked him up. Because right. I, I, a lot of people have liked him. I mean, he was Matt Waldman's QB1, which uh, you you laugh at that, yet in this quarterback class, it might not be insane that it could end up coming out close to that. But yeah, you just pick a guy like Skylar Thompson up and you go, what is the path? It's a clogged roster spot on your dynasty team for a couple of years. So yeah, probably pass. And we were talking a little bit earlier about Mostert. Um, you said, man, I don't, I don't know if I'd pick up a second for him, but you know, if you could get him for a third, for sure. Like that was kind of one of your blind spots this off season. Yeah. I mean, that was something we talked about when it first happened was they cut Sony. We were big on stashing Sony, but I didn't stash Mostert and you probably could have just said, I'm going to keep both. So I tried to buy Mostert after they cut Michelle and you can't get him for a third. I mean, largely Mm -hmm. all, all the, offers I've sent for a third have been declined. And so that means basically I need to offer multiple thirds or a second, definitely not a second, but even multiple thirds, I'd rather just use those to buy two players during the season versus give them up both for one guy before the season, if that makes sense. So just the theory, I can't give two thirds, but I also think most it's one of those guys where I want to have as many teams as I can, especially the slim down teams, because if I know to start him, he's the kind of player that can turn 10 touches into 20 plus points. Right. That's what you're really looking for. When it's one of those, fuck it, I got to throw somebody in. He's one of the candidates in a good offense and a good running attack that is a home run hitter. So he is one of those true, like, if I can get two starts out of him, he's going to give me positive warp value for the year. And there's not a lot of guys like that. There's other guys that can get touches, but... You know, you say, like, if I told you Zach Moss was getting 15 touches, you're probably not super excited with what he's going to do with them. So there's a little bit of a difference on just a, a depth chart that probably has just as much opportunity as this one. I'd rather have Mostert. So it's just interesting how he was dead and buried. I think, I mean, we cut him in places last year when he suffered that knee injury. Like, he's never coming back. And right. he made it back. And he's come all the way from that point to – a year ago after week one, we were cutting him because they said like, you know, his, he had like the ch- the chunk taken out of his knee, you know, and you're like, dude, right. he's 31. He's never going to come back. And he's come back. Boom. Like yep. looking as good as ever. So, yeah, he's somebody I want to get more shares of. Okay. All right. On to New England now. So pretty standard depth chart here with Mac Jones, Brian Hoyer, Bailey Zappi at quarterback. Uh, running backs, Damian Harris, Ramondre Stevenson, Pierre Strong Jr., Ty Montgomery. Uh, wide receivers, Devontae Parker, Nelson Aguilar, Kendrick Bourne, Jacoby Myers, Tyquan Thornton, Christian Wilkerson, Matt Slater, and then tight ends, Hunter Henry and Johnu Smith. I think all four of these running backs, you probably have to keep um, Harrison Stevenson. You'll probably play weekly. Strong and Montgomery are just going to be on your roster there uh, just to see what happens with those guys. Wide receivers, I think... You know, those top four, Parker, Aguilar, Bourne, and Myers are going to be the ones that are going to produce the most points there. Tyquan Thornton, probably going to st- – I think he's going to start the year on IR with his injury. Uh, we'll see what happens when he comes back, how this um, depth chart will change a little bit because I think he would get out there a little bit. Um, 
But it sounds like Parker, Aguilar, and Jacoby Myers would be the starting three receivers with Bourne coming off of the bench or being the fourth guy. Um, and then Hunter Henry and Jonu Smith, I, I definitely want to keep both of those guys, so I'm not dropping uh, Jonu right now. And then depth chart – or uh, practice squad, I'm sorry. Uh, Kevin Harris, J.J. Taylor uh, made their practice squad, so that's interesting. But, you know, we, we talked about earlier um, just on ourselves that – Kevin Harris, you know, he's probably like two injuries away from even making, you know, uh, being a part of the roster. So, you know, we've pretty much have cut him everywhere. Um, I'm guessing you probably agree with that then. Yeah, I mean, Kevin Harris was one of those where you kind of hoped if he didn't make this team, it was either going to be him or Pierre Strong. As long as they were going to keep Montgomery, once it looked like he was going to get the third down roll, it was either Harris or Strong. They kept strong, which makes sense. He was probably a little bit better. They drafted him uh, higher in the NFL draft, two rounds higher in the draft. So they caught Harris, but I'm going, okay, Harris is a guy I'll wait to see where he signs. He ends up back on New England's practice squad. So he's actually more buried than other guys that were not as good of prospects as Kevin Harris. So this is going to have to be one of those truly, like, I like Kevin Harris. He's young enough. He's one of the younger backs in the class. So I wouldn't be shocked if he pops back up in a year or two, but he's not somebody you want to stash for two years. I'll just pick him back up when he's 23. Like he could be the candidate to be another Eno Benjamin where in two years, he's really busted ass and worked his way back up to where he's on a depth chart, but I'm not holding him for those two years. Cause there's going to be plenty of times where he gets cut. You know, when we come down to cut downs and clearing IRs, he's going to get cut. When you have to promote guys off the taxi, you don't get a free year anymore. So yeah, I mean, he talks. He was one of those guys you wanted to see picked up. And then with the receivers, I hate to say it, but, you know, we'll see. I'll give Kendrick Bourne a week or two. Uh, we'll look at his routes run and his snaps. And if it's clearly the number four guy and they're running, you know, Johnu Smith more than him, then Kendrick Bourne goes into roster clogger territory. He was one of the ones I thought would be like a sharper pickup for his value, but you know, we'll see where that plays out after a week or two, but he could easily become a roster clogger. And then everything else is straightforward. I mean, I, I, I kind of like Johnny Smith a little bit more than I did before because he's cost nothing and he's still an injury away from maybe being like a number three option on the team. So I, I'm actually okay buying him. If you could get him for, you know, a fourth, like in a two PPR league or something like that. Right. Um, and then the other one that I thought was interesting was Lynn Bowden they picked up and put on their practice squad. So you know how Bill likes those hybrid-type running backs. You know, if something happens to Ty Montgomery, I could see Lynn Bowden kind of taking that role. What do you think about Bowden? I mean, as a Kentucky fan, Lynn Bowden's one of my favorite players, but three teams in three years, and he really just doesn't – he doesn't have a spot. You know, he, he doesn't he doesn't have a position. And he's not an elite special teams player either. It'd be different if you were like, all right, we got to play this guy on special teams. He's one of the best punt returners, Mm -hmm. but he's not really, he he can do everything. Like, honestly, he can be a running back. He can be a quarterback. He can be a wide receiver. He can play on special teams, but I'm not sure any of them are at NFL levels. So he just is going to bounce around. People are going to get him in camp and be like, damn, this guy's a really, really good weapon, but you don't know how to use him. And thus he's always on the fringe of making the team because there's other specialists that just do more, you know, do one single thing better than he does. So yeah, he's a, it's interesting, but yeah, fantasy wise, absolutely not. Mm -hmm. All right. On to now the New York jets, Um, Zach Wilson, Joe Flacco, Mike white at quarterback. 
running backs, Brees Hall, Michael Carter, Ty Johnson, and Zonovan Knight. This was one of the uh, running back rooms that we both liked um, quite a bit. So that was um, nice to see Zonovan Knight make it over Tevin Coleman. And with Michael P. Ryan, they got rid of both of them, thank goodness. Uh, so Bam Knight can make the team. Wide receivers, Garrett Wilson, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis, Braxton Berrios, Denzel Mims. Uh, there was some talk about Mims maybe getting traded at some point. He ends up sticking with the team. And Jeff Smith. And then tight end, CJ Uzama, Tyler Conklin, Jeremy Ruckert, and Lawrence Cager, who's a converted wide receiver to tight end, um, who had a pretty good preseason. They kept him as well. Uh, nobody really to note on their practice squad, but yeah, all four of these running backs, I want every single one of them. Uh, I'll roster all four of them, maybe not all on the same team or anything like that. Um, but definitely want all four receivers want those top three, maybe four. I, I, I like Barrios quite a bit, so I'll, I'll hold on to Barrios. Sounds like Barrios might even start with, uh, Elijah Moore, Corey Davis and Barrios to start the year until Garrett Wilson, um, finally gets his footing. Um, what do you think about the four running backs, though? Yeah, I think this is probably the – it's a stretch to call it the best running back room aside from the the Browns maybe. But, I mean, in terms of, like, I want all four for Dynasty, absolutely. And I think a lot of people are going to not care about Zonovan Knight or Ty Johnson because they see Brees Hall and Michael Carter as, like, the clear one and two. It's similar to, like, Chubb and Hunt and then Dearnest and Jerome Ford. And it's really you're buying right. the system. You're buying the team. You're buying the – 2% shot that one of those guys gets opportunity in a week where you can actually start him. It doesn't have to be like the bell cow where they're going to get 20 touches, but it could be just a Michael Carter injury and they go, Hey, we're going to slide Ty Johnson in there for the week. He could be usable. That's why you roster them. It's not because you think they're going to take over the backfield. And in some of our leagues, the way we've built our teams, like we could use a spot starter too from one of those backup running backs at some point. So that's why you carry him and the only thing we differ on is I actually think like Corey Davis is almost a roster clogger, but I'll see how the rotation shakes out. I think they're going to be one of these teams. I've talked about this before that they're going to use two running backs, two tight ends and four receivers. And it's just going to be yeah. like, if you don't have studs, which the only stud I think we could say this year is probably Elijah Moore. Mm -hmm. maybe Brees Hall, but then it's like, okay, the other six guys are all good enough to command like 5% of the targets, but right. none of them are good enough to get more than like 15%. So it's just right. kind of gross after that. So it, it it's tough to justify holding like Barrios or Corey Davis. I've traded for thirds because I figure I can get a running back during the season for the third versus if Corey Davis is wide receiver 52, no one's given me a running back for him. Right. So I'll just take the gamble that he's just, you know, a piece on a crowded depth chart and take the pick versus the other way around. But I can see both Barrios and Davis also being guys you want to roster. So it works both ways. What, what are you doing? With, let me just ask your opinion on this tight ends here mm -hmm. and Jeremy Ruckert. Cause I'm seeing Jeremy Ruckert get dropped in leagues and yeah, he's buried this year, but you don't draft Jeremy Ruckert to play this year. So to drop him because he's buried is dumb. And like literally in two years when he would matter, they have no tight ends. So it just seems weird. Like you don't want to hold him, but I see people cutting him because he's not going to start right well, away. And it's like, you don't expect him to start right away. Yeah. I think you just shouldn't have drafted him in the first place because correct. But if he, but if he gets him. dropped right. certain formats, do you pick him up and are yeah, you willing I, to hold him for two years? 
I, I guess. I mean, next year, looking at it, Uzama has seven million guaranteed next year. Conklin has three point nine million guaranteed next year. So yeah, they're keeping be... those two tight ends for two years. That was the plan. Yeah. yeah. So I mean, yeah, I you know you think tight ends take a while to develop and they do so yeah i mean he could be a guy who has to sit for two years i want to see at least see something from him first like i haven't seen anything from him like even in the preseason like that shows me hey maybe this maybe he's a tanner hudson like he did something you know but uh yeah well if he gets some time in the in the regular season and, and looks okay sure but right now probably not and we'll end the Jets on this. If you have Denzel Mims, just go and hit the cut button. Yeah, I, I have had to. People, I often, I've seen people saying, oh, well, what if he gets traded here? Will you pick him up? No. Yeah. No. I spammed our one league, our NFL Flex It Up league. Uh, everybody um, in the league, I sent Denzel Mims for a fourth rounder, and everybody declined. So, How about a fifth or a sixth? I didn't try fifths or sixth, but nobody would have cut him, so you might as well. Yeah. Is and that nobody, even worth your time? No, like nobody was willing to give me a fourth round pick for him. So that just tells you that nobody wants him. Just cut him. Yep. Cut him. Bye. And then on to the Baltimore Ravens. They cut um, a few guys as well at running back. um, And they ended up keeping J.K. Dobbins, Mike Davis, and Justice Hill as their um, main three right now. Gus Edwards is probably going to the IR or PUP uh, for the first four weeks. Uh, Receiver-wise, Rashad Bateman, Devin Duvernay, Demarcus Robinson, who they just picked up, um, the Raiders released. He's going to be in there as the number three, James Prochet, and Tylen Wallace. And then they got five tight ends. Kohler is going to go to IR already. I think that already happened. And then Isaiah Likely and Mark Andrews are probably going to be the two main pass-catching weapons there. I like... like, um, I like that combo for sure at tight end. If you, I, I highly doubt Isaiah likely is out there in any of your leagues, but if he is, make, that's a priority pickup for me. Um, but I've picked up a couple Justice Hills. He's been out there in a few of my leagues. Nobody had him. That's a, that's one guy that me and you mass dropped as soon as he tore his Achilles goodbye. Um, but somehow he he made the team and he hasn't like had any crazy, you know injuries to where he's not coming back fully healthy. He's looked good. He actually looked explosive in the couple times that I did watch him. So that was nice to see with Justice Hill. Uh, the other main one that I forgot to mention was Tyler Beatty got cut from them. So that was one of their draft picks. They brought him back onto the practice squad. Nobody did claim him. But for me, I mean, if I have Beatty or Justice Hill, are you going to are you gonna pick up Justice Hill? Yeah, this is one where I'm probably a little biased. I can't. I can't add Justice Hill back, uh, and I've had trouble cutting Tyler Beatty, but the reality is they basically picked Justice Hill over Tyler Beatty. So, I mean, I'll give Tyler Beatty a little time on the taxi uh, just to see kind of similar to Kevin Harris. You know, like I'll give him a shot, but there really isn't a lot of justification to keep him. Again, that was a guy I hoped if he got cut that he would go somewhere else, but no. He ends up back in Baltimore. I guess you could argue that because it's Baltimore, that that's at least a place you would want to go because they'll they'll basically use anybody if they need to. We've seen that before. Uh, but yeah, this was one of those that uh, did not go how I thought. You know, we did you ever think that it would be a you know a Kenyon Drake and Mike Davis backfield at some point? Oh yeah, and, I forgot Kenyon Drake. 
I forgot yeah, to write I mean, him down. They signed one. Kenyon Drake. They had Mike Davis from the offseason. Who knows what's going to happen with Dobbins? It sounds like they're not going to put him on IR, but they could if they needed the roster spot. Uh, Gus Edwards is on pup. So this is going to be one of those backfields where there could probably be no joke. You could look at the end of the year. There could be five or six guys that posted like top 24 running back weeks on the Ravens alone, just depending mm-hmm. on what happens. So I'm a little biased. I'm not picking up Justice Hill, uh, keeping Tyler Beatty, but reality is you probably should just trim those two down, keep Davis and Drake for the short term. And then when Dobbins comes back, like probably those guys are on the fringe of rosters. And then Gus Edwards, if he comes back, then they're probably banking that Mike Davis or and or Kenyon Drake are dead by the time Gus Edwards can come back. Right. Like really, they're not probably planning to have Kenyon Drake the whole season. You know what I mean? They're, right. they're basically just assuming that they're going to fill the gap until they get their real backfield back. So I'm a little hesitant on this one, but I'll keep the guys on the current roster. And this is also one of the only depth charts that I think I only want one wide receiver from pretty much. The rest of them are roster yeah. cloggers. Easy. Agree. Agree. So, very simple, very simple depth chart. I want any running back that's active and Rashad Bateman and Mark Andrews. And I guess I'll stash the tight ends if I have them in certain formats, but yeah, very slim. I mean, I, I still have a couple Duvernays. I picked up a couple Demarcus Robinsons, but that, those are real deep leagues. But yeah, if you are still holding Duvernay or Robinson in a, you know, 30 man roster league, and you need a cut down, I'm, I'm fine with cutting them. I cut a couple pro off of my teams that are just like 32-man roster leagues. I just cut pro just to uh, make the room as well. Yeah, that was an obvious one. Come on. Well, he was looking good, but then they signed Robbins, and if he would have been the number three for the year, I could have justified it a little more, but now that he's probably the number four, yeah, he can, he can be cut. All right, on to your Cincinnati Bengals. Pretty standard, no... Nothing major came up out of here. What do you think? No, I mean, honestly, the Bengals were kind of like the Bills. The three running backs you valued were the three that were there. So no real changes in the the running back depth chart. Uh, they refused to really bring anybody else in. I mean, they've brought in a couple other guys. They had some guys that they cut in camp. But they, I've never heard a peep of them. Hey, you know, we can upgrade on Samaj P. Ryan. You know, I've never heard ever them mentioned as – Let's bring in a running back that got cut. Let's bring in Marlon Mack. You know, let's bring in Kenyon Drake, like nothing. Mm -hmm. So I think they're happy with their guys. As much as fantasy people love Chris Evans, hate Samaj P. Ryan, and don't know what to do with the backfield after Mixon, I think that it is what it is. What you see is what you get. And it's basically the same with the receivers. I mean, you could justify maybe holding like Trent Taylor, because I think if Boyd were to get hurt, uh, or if one of the other receivers were to get hit, Trent Taylor would be the guy that would come in and play just because he has I, – I, Burrow likes Trent Taylor from what I've read. Uh, I think he'd be a guy that actually could come in and do some PPR damage, but are you really holding the fourth receiver on a team that also has a couple running backs? And honestly, the one thing I, I saw with the wide receiver depth chart is uh, this is all narrative. Do we get a little more of like is Chris Evans really the fourth receiver? I don't know. But yeah, not, nothing real exciting with the Bengals. I guess Aussie Aussie you could watch put on the radar and deep two tight end leagues because I do think they they've been pissed at their tight ends for a while. Uh, they've kept trying to bring in different guys in camp and they all just suck. So I think they actually might see some value in him because they basically picked him over OJ Howard. So yeah, I'm okay with holding him. But yeah, it's pretty pretty much the guys you knew going in are the same ones today. 
Right. And one of the things you were telling me the other day is Samaje Pirine, you know, he's pretty much has sat out all preseason with all the starters with Mixon and Chase and Higgins and all those guys. They value Samaje Pirine as like a 1B to Joe Mixon's 1A almost. Uh, P Ryan's going to be in there on the third downs and get all that work and maybe some hurry up offense work. You know, they value Samaje P Ryan over Chris Evans and Chris Evans didn't have a very good preseason. He had like one or two plays where he showed a little bit of flash, but if you looked at his box scores, they are pretty ugly. Um, so I think Chris Evans is definitely a lot further behind Samaje P Ryan than we all want to realize. So if Samaje P Ryan is out there on your waiver wires, that is definitely a guy I will pick up. Well, Zach Taylor's quotes on Chris Evans was he needs to play. He led the team in touches in the preseason, which usually isn't a good sign. I mean, we're talking kick returns, punt returns, receiving work, carries. Like that's not how you treat a guy that you're putting on ice and the Bengals put at they didn't play like 17 starters. Like they didn't even play them. They're just like, yeah, you're not playing. We don't want you to get hurt. So that's like a lot like the Rams philosophy. They just don't play anybody. So if you're out there leading the team in touches, that should speak volumes on how they kind of see what your role could be. And if you remember, I know Ray's talked about this too before. Like Chris Evans is almost all a mirage. You look at him and he's like, you know, he's six foot 220 and he has, a, he can catch the ball. But then you look back at his college career and he didn't play for like, like he barely played in college. So they get to the NFL and they're like, yeah, this guy needs to actually play before fantasy people are going to say, oh, if P if Mixon gets hurt, he's going to be the bell cow. You know what I mean? He's, it would be one season of Mixon touches would be more than Chris Evans has had in like five years. So it's just interesting that people anoint this guy because of his skill set, but he really has like no historical precedent of being somebody that you can play. So yeah, it's all P Ryan. I think P Ryan is very undervalued in dynasty. He's a guy nobody even wants and he's easily worth a third. Yeah, I agree with all that for sure. All right. On to my Cleveland Browns. So quarterback, pretty simple. They did pick up Kellen Mond off of waivers. Why? I don't know. Uh, running backs, pretty pretty standard of what we thought. It's Chubb, Hunt, Dearness Johnson, Jerome Ford. Wide receivers, uh, they only kept six, technically five. They put, but Felton's going to play wide receiver, but they have Amari Cooper, Donovan Peoples-Jones, David Bell, Anthony Schwartz, Michael Woods, and Demetric Felton. And they only kept two tight ends, which was interesting to me, and Joku and Harrison Bryant. But from what I gathered, they're just going to play – the um, practice squad game with the tight, the third tight end and just bring up one um, off the practice squad each game. So that's what they're going to do there. Nothing out of the ordinary here for the Browns. I think this is, this one was pretty easy. Yeah. Another backfield right now. I want all four guys on teams spread out. I probably don't want Dearness and Jerome Ford, like on every team, but I want to, you know, a good 20% of both of them if I can get them. Mm. And then the receivers, uh, the right now, especially with the, how the Browns are constructed right now, I think the receivers are just roster clogger city. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can justify holding DPJ, I guess. And obviously you have to hold David Bell, everybody else. I've cut all my Anthony Schwartz. I see people picking up Demetric Felton. That's a complete waste of a spot. I, yeah. I think you would even agree. He's a waste of having on a dynasty team, right? 
I dropped him before the preseason even started off of all my teams. And right. I remember talking with uh, Mike of the 4D chess guys, and he had uh, Felton was like his number two owned player in Dynasty. And I'm like, well, what are you doing, bro? <laughs> so I had to kind of show him on that one, like, hey, man, like, when the hell are you ever going to start Demetric Felton? He's and a gadget player. Yeah, he's a gadget player. It's never. That's kind of what my fear is, kind of getting a little bit of college of what Devin a chain could be. I don't want to say he's going to be that, like, he's a way better version of Demetric Felton, but that's my little fear of Devin Chain if if he comes in the NFL and he's just a gadget player. You know, he's not going to be the 10 to 15 carry guy and, and get five or six catches. He might just be, you know, four or five carries here, five catches here, and, and end around. You know, that's about it. So Well, the problem with Demetric Felton is he's small, he doesn't mm-hmm. have a position, and he's slow. So... There, there really isn't anything about him other than he's on a team and he got drafted. Right. But I mean, he ran a four six four. He's one hundred and ninety pounds. He's not really a running back, but he's not like a pure Isaiah McKenzie type slot receiver. Right. And he was a six round pick, so he's a he's a roster clogger. You know why people pick him up? Because it says RB by his name. That's it. Yep. If it yep. said wide receiver, you'd be like, dude, this is another like James Prochet, but not as good. Mm-hmm. So yeah, well, roster re- clogger city. The reason he really made the team is Jakeem Grant tore his Achilles. If Jakeem Grant was healthy, he wouldn't have made the team because Grant would be the returner. But Felton's going to be there just to do probably kick kick returns, punt returns, gunners on special teams, and all that stuff. So, so that point per fair catch league, then you can grab him. Right, exactly. All right, on to Pittsburgh. Pretty standard depth chart here as well. Nothing too major. They did... Uh, end up cutting Anthony McFarlane and brought him back to the practice squad. I've cut all my Anthony McFarlands. I just don't think he's any good. So I've cut all of him. I'm not really interested in him at all. You know, Jalen Warren, if he still happens to be out there on your waiver wires, I would still pick him up. He's definitely the second best running back there in Pittsburgh. So if something happened to Najee, Jalen Warren, I think would at least be the head of the committee um, starting there. Wide receivers, you just want the big three, Deontay, Claypool, Pickens. The rest of them are all cloggers. Tight end, you only want Fryermuth. So pretty standard depth chart here too. Yeah, I don't want any Benny Snell, which is against – maybe I'm a little biased with him, but I really don't want any Benny Snell. I want Warren. Uh, I really don't want any of the receivers outside of the top three. I, I actually think Calvin Austin you can cut too. A lot of people like him. I. Yeah, he just, just got there. put on IR this uh, this afternoon, so he's yeah. But if if he feels like a roster clogger, you know, I yeah. know a lot of people like his his profile. He was a fourth round pick. He's fast. To me, that's a roster clogger that has a very limited time to have any value, and I think he just ends up sitting there, and you wonder what to do with him in a year. So I would cut him, and then yeah, I only want Fryer move. So this is one of those depth charts where it's like you want the top four or five guys, and then nothing else. None of the None of the taxi or depth pieces on the active roster impressed me. So, yeah, let's just move on. Yep. On to Houston now. So they had a couple um, interesting ones, too. They cut Marlon Mack. They ended up bringing back Marlon Mack onto the practice squad. I could see Marlon Mack coming up on game days and they'll, you know, deactivate a couple of these other guys. So I think that was kind of maybe a procedural move or something like that. But they got Damian Pierce is obviously going to be the starter. Rex Burkhead is definitely going to be active every single game day. Ogunwale, I think they just kind of trust him as like a third down back. 
uh, pass protector, that kind of thing. They did cut Royce Freeman, then brought him back this afternoon. So Royce Freeman is back. Wide receivers, same as a lot of these other depth charts. I want Brandon Cooks. I want Nico Collins. That's it. They did bring in Tyler Johnson off of waivers. I've cut all my Tyler Johnsons as soon as Tampa Bay cut him. I'm not interested in Tyler Johnson. That's a roster clogger. Uh, and then I mentioned a little bit ago with the tight ends, they might be bringing in O.J. Howard. It's not official yet, though they're bringing him in for a visit, but they would have Brevin Jordan, Farrell Brown, and O.J. Howard. Pretty decent tight end room if that comes to fruition. Yeah, I actually I was going to ask you what you're doing with Marlon Mack. I actually want Marlon Mack over Ogumbawale and Royce Freeman. Yeah, I but agree. I also, if you said I'm cutting Marlon Mack because he's been, you know, this is basically the second team now that's not even put him on the active roster because the Colts had him last year, but they never they never made him active. Right. So like he's this is essentially the second team that said, yeah, he's not even willing. I mean, the fact that maybe it was a logistical thing because they knew they can get him back, but the fact that they even exposed him and they kept Royce Freeman instead is like, yeah, right. Max, he just probably another thing to think about with these veterans is the longer you've been in the league. If you're on your second contract, if you have certain service time, you can actually make decent money on the practice squad. So it, it isn't a huge deal for a guy to, I mean, obviously he would have liked to be on the active roster, but you can go back and still make six figures on a practice squad. So some of these guys may be like, well, you know, Marlon Mack knows the depth chart in Houston. He's probably an injury away from getting another shot. And he's been with the team all off season. He can still go make a comfortable living and just be on the Texans practice squad. Someone else claims him fine, but you kind of wonder sometimes why these veterans that have started before or have been backups before will go to a practice squad and they can't, you know, like how the hell do the Steelers not have a better running back than Benny Snell or the Washington has Jonathan Williams, you know, like how do these teams not have a Marlon Mack instead? They can get them for the same price. Uh, but it sounds like these guys go back to practice squads where maybe they're familiar with the coaching or the team or something, but yeah, it's cooks, Collins. I obviously you have John Mechie on the IR, uh, Brevin Jordan, and then Pearson Burkhead. Do you think Burkhead's a little undervalued too? Like people have just written him off and like, he's, he's probably as good as P Ryan. Yeah, but they're, they're both in the same ilk. Like, people are just yeah. sick of those guys. But it's like, if, if you have them, you're not cutting them. And, like, if mm -hmm. someone sent you a third for Burkhead today, would you take it? Yeah, I would take it. And then I'd also keep them on my roster if I had to. I'm not right. cutting them. Right. So, yeah. Do you agree with me on Tyler Johnson, roster clogger, just cut them? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, all their all their receivers are roster cloggers except for Collins and Cooks. So, yeah, no thanks. Cool. They also did bring back Jordan Aikens, too, on their practice squad. I thought that was interesting. So bring back another former Texan. Yeah, only Eric finds Jordan Aikens interesting. Yeah, I just I found it interesting that they brought him back uh, on the same team. All right, Indianapolis. So this one, quarterbacks, pretty much what we thought. Matt Ryan, Foles, Ellinger. Running backs was a little interesting, though, because they had quite a few running backs behind Taylor and Hines, and they – Ended up picking the one that I had zero shares of, and that was Deion Jackson. I thought it was going to be Devontae Price, um, and it didn't end up being Devontae Price. So it was Deion Jackson. I know that's a guy that you've liked for a while, and I just was never on. But I've picked up a few shares. Uh, wide receiver-wise, pretty much standard as well. 
Pittman, Alec Pierce, Paris Campbell, Ashton Doolin. That's going to be your main four. They did end up keeping up Mike Strawn, uh, who they drafted last year. I thought he was a goner for sure after he started off injured and wasn't doing very good, but he battled his way back. And they kept Desmond Patton. That's another guy that they've had on their taxi squad and kept around for a few years. And then tight ends, pretty much the same uh, as what we thought. Mo Alley, Jelani Woods, Kylan Granson. And then they brought back Devontae Price on their practice squad. So if there is an injury, Price could go. And they also cut Philip Lindsay. I was the other one I was missing um, that they cut. So interesting that Deion Jackson was the one over Lindsay and Price. Yeah, I mean, Deion Jackson's been there uh, a year longer than everyone else. I mean, they had C.J. Verdell, Devontae Price, Philip Lindsay, Deion Jackson. We talked about that on one of the early episodes. The Colts backfield was one of those that I was looking at to see. I, I want whoever the number three is just because it's pretty clear how they use their backs. It's like Taylor and then Hines has his role. And if there was an injury, it'd be interesting to see how they would use the, the players because we know Hines isn't getting 20 carries if they have an injury. So there would be another guy that would need to have touches. So that was one of those where I'm just interested in whoever the number three was. I was surprised it was Jackson. Uh, I got to ask you this. What does this say about Philip Lindsay now? This is two teams that are shitty or at least are picking the bottom of the barrel that have cut him and like he's still out there. I mean, what what does it say about Philip Lindsay? We thought he was good. He had 2,000 yards seasons and like he, he he's not even deemed – Unless he is holding out, waiting for someone to sign him on their active roster. Mm-hmm. Like, I thought for sure it was a great fit in Indy for Philip Lindsay. Mm-hmm. And then he's just gone. Like, I mean, is he dead at this point? Like, are you cutting yeah. him everywhere? Yeah, I've cut him everywhere that I had him. I may have like one or two that are lingering around. But, yeah, I think he's pretty much dead. He's probably looking for you know, uh, uh, active roster spot. I don't know if he wants to go to somebody's practice squad. Otherwise he probably would have taken it already, but yeah, I mean, Houston's cut him. Now Indy's cut him. I mean, Denver cut him too. So that's three teams really that have cut him. I mean, if you have to pick, are you rostering the Devonte price over Philip Lindsay? Yeah. Cause Devonte price is an injury away on their practice squad, or he could be activated on game day Sundays where Lindsay is, has to be signed first. Maybe I know, um, you know, for veterans, uh, if you're on the roster after week two, you know, their money is not guaranteed for the year. If you're on the roster for week one and after week one, uh, it is guaranteed for the year. So maybe a lot of teams pick up a lot of these veterans in week two because the, the money's not guaranteed for the year then. So maybe that that's what a lot of these teams are doing with the veterans right now. Yeah, or maybe he's just one of those that, like you said, just is waiting and, you know, he'll sign when he's ready to play, but he's not going to go and sit on a, on a practice squad. But he's, right. he's a tough hold for Dynasty because you could tell yourself a story where like week three, Philip Lindsay signs somewhere and we're like, damn, that's a good, that's a good spot. I have to go pick him up everywhere. Mm. Or he could just linger on your team with a feet, with an FA next to his name all year. And you go, what the hell am I holding this guy for? Right. So I think he's just one you have to always follow. Like if he were to sign somewhere tomorrow, he would leapfrog all the practice squad guys overnight. But until then, it's hard to hold him over some of the worst number threes on teams, if that makes sense. So he's just a tough one. I haven't cut him everywhere, but I had a ton of Philip Lindsay, probably 25 or more shares. And I'm down to uh, not a lot. I mean, I've cut 
60, 70% of them at this point. And it's just like the desperate raw. I'm down to six. So I've caught a ton of them and I just can't really justify roster spots for him over somebody else that's active. So well, that's one to monitor though. He's one of the better players that got cut. Mm-hmm. And next up will be the Jacksonville Jaguars. Everything probably went to, to plan here. They did trade LaVisca Chenault to Carolina. So that was interesting. They did um, also claim Jamichael Hasty from the 49ers as their fourth running back now. So they have four running backs that they're holding on to. ETN, James Robinson, Snoop Connor, and Hasty. Uh, wide receivers. Tim Jones is a guy that I like. He flashed a lot in preseason. I think he's got a shot to be their number four receiver, but ultimately it's a roster clogger. But just another one of those wide receivers that I have a little bit of interest in. Tight ends were all the same, nothing major there. They did bring back Makai Sargent onto their practice squad, so they do have that fifth running back there. But yeah, I mean, pretty much I've I've picked up a little bit of hasty here and there. Not not too many. He's like one of those guys that are on the borderline for me. But ETN Robinson and Connor definitely have to be owned everywhere. Hasty, you know, it just depends on my team. If there's nobody else really to pick up, I'll pick them up. Yeah, and I do think in certain tight end formats too that uh Dan Arnold and Luke Farrell are worth having. Just mm-hmm. just to as hang around players. Like I I have a couple of those and I haven't thought about cutting them yet. Uh, Luke Farrell is a, a pretty good Raz guy. I mean, obviously he's not drafted by this regime. So I thought for sure he was overdrafted last year, but with the Ohio state connections, but we'll see. I mean, I'll still give him a shot. And uh, yeah, I was just going to ask you, there's a chance. And I, I hate debating receivers on this show because receivers just hardly don't matter when you're in these ranges. Is there a chance that if Trevor Lawrence is good, that maybe Zay Jones isn't a roster clogger? Yeah, I think there's a possibility of that. I've kept Zay Jones over a couple receivers like Smith Marset. I cut Smith Marset and kept Zay Jones. Um, and that's probably not the greatest example. But there's some guys that like Brian Edwards. I think I cut. I kept Zay Jones over Brian Edwards. I think that was the one I was thinking of off of my one team. It's hard but, to argue the other way on that, honestly. Mm-hmm. So, that's, so he's just one that maybe one of the few receivers that I've thought about over the last couple of days that might've escaped roster clogger territory just because how the depth chart shook out really mm-hmm. it's going to take, if Trevor Lawrence is as bad as he was last year, their number two receiver is going to be, you don't want anyway, you know, but mm-hmm. if Trevor Lawrence is better then there, there's going to be room for maybe somebody like Zay Jones to be a top 50 receiver and you're, it's going to come out of nowhere because he's never been valued that way. So just wanted to keep an eye on onto the Titans. Uh, one real quick one on the Jags. What do you think about Kendrick Pryor? Do you think he could ascend this depth chart? You saw nope. him with the Bengals. No? Nope. There's a reason I didn't mention him. I wish the Bengals would have kept him, but right. uh, yeah, roster clogger. Okay. All right. On the Tennessee quarterbacks, pretty much the same. Tannehill and Willis. They brought Woodside back on the practice squad. Running backs. We had a little bit of um, intrigue to see if they would keep Julius Chestnut or not, but they ended up keeping him and waived Trenton Cannon, and then Trenton Cannon just came right back on the practice squad. So Derrick Henry, Hassan Haskins, Hilliard, and Chestnut make the team. I think what's going to happen there is they'll probably just uh, deactivate Chestnut on game days and bring up Cannon, and Cannon will be their 
special teams ace that he's going to be. So I think that's how that's going to work out. But Chestnut's still worth having on your team. Wide receivers, Robert Woods, definitely want him. Westbrook Akine, that's a roster clogger. I don't have any of him on any of my teams. Kyle Phillips is a guy that I like. I think he could develop into a little bit of a, a nice slot receiver. Um, he's had some good buzz in camp all and preseason games. So that's a guy I think Tannehill could really look forward because they need some guys to throw the ball to. Traylon, I mean, it's been up and down for Traylon. Obviously, you're not cutting Traylon, but I'm not starting Traylon my first couple weeks, that's for sure. And then uh, tight ends, we got Austin Hooper, uh, Jeff Swain, and Chiggy. You know, that's another – I love Chiggy. I've, I've kept him pretty much on all my teams, so that one's been nice. Uh, yeah, I mean, anything that you take away from the Titans here? Uh, yeah, I want all four running backs, which – and not a shock. I like all four running backs. Uh, I don't want any other receivers except for Burks. I I will sell Robert Woods for a second. I have one share and I've been trying to sell and nobody will buy for a second. So it's one of those where like, I can look at Robert Woods and be like, yeah, he could be a top 36 receiver, but I don't want him. And I probably should just embrace the fact that I don't have any Robert Woods and just keep him on that roster. And then the tight ends. Yeah, I agree with you. I mean, Hooper's fine. Uh, and Chiggy's obviously like, he's the perfect don't expect anything for three years type of player, but clearly if they have a plan for him, it'll start to emerge quickly. Cause it's not like he's buried on, there's some other rookie tight ends that I like that were buried on depth charts where it's like, they're the number four guy. Yeah. At least he probably is going to be somebody that's going to get a shot to play as a rookie. And if he's any good, he's going to flash and then at least ascend, you know, maybe into a better spot next year. Cause you know, Austin Hooper, Austin Hooper could just be a one year. He's basically a one year guy. So next year could be, this could almost be like another Brevin Jordan situation for Chiggy mm-hmm. going into next year. So yeah, he's worth holding, but yeah, t- the Titans are pretty underwhelming. The, the only thing that's interesting to me is Malik Willis. He's starting to get, and thanks to Ray, you know, talking up Malik Willis. And I think a lot of people are starting to realize that Malik Willis, you can still bust on him because he was a third round pick. And third round picks historically by the math don't always get a shot to start. But I think with what he's shown in the preseason with a lot of the hype that he's gotten, he's going to have a window to play. It might only be four weeks. And if he's so bad, they just draft another guy because it might be on the tail end of like 2023 when they're fading out of it and Tannehill's benched. That could be when he plays. Yeah. But I, I'm pretty confident at this point Malik Willis is going to get like a four to eight game stretch to start, which just almost makes his price now a low point compared to what it will be when he starts. And that's just to get a free look at when he plays, because when he plays, there's going to be people that fall in love with the fact that he can run, you know, and right. it's going to be he can run and look at his arm. Oh, my gosh. If he hits, he's going to be QB one in Dynasty. Like that's right. not super far fetched. So I almost think Malik Willis is one of those guys now, like, are you, let me ask you this hypothetical scenario. I posted this on Twitter earlier, Zach Wilson for Malik Willis in a second. And it was almost 50, 50. And I think that kind of says Malik Willis is a good buy for a second. And it also says that Zach Wilson, like everyone hates Zach Wilson. Yeah. Like he's not even worth he's not even worth a 24 first. He's not worth a first, which is very interesting given he was a number two overall pick and he's only started like 11 games in his career. And people are already off him. 
and willing to basically let you buy him for Malik Willis in a second. Yeah, so you I would think buy I would, Willis. I think I would go the Willis in second side. Yeah. See, see, that's, but that's probably more of not that you're scared of Zach Wilson, but you also acknowledge what the window for Malik Willis could be. He could be worth right. a first. If in his first game, he goes out and runs for a hundred yards. Well, That's what I was going to ask you is if somebody came to me, I think in one of our leagues, we have um, Malik Willis and somebody offers us a second. I don't think I'm taking it. Right. Right. I, now, I think it's got to be a first. And I don't think it gets accepted if you offer seconds. So I think how you get right. there is you have to offer a, a better piece and you can get Willis plus. Right. But I, that's not a bad move to offer the, I mean, think of the, the zero warp quarterbacks, right. That you don't even want mm-hmm. the Carson Wentz's Daniel Jones. Like I, if you can get Malik Willis for some of those guys and get even a second or a third thrown back, mm-hmm. as long as you can absorb the not having the starter in that spot, I'm pretty sure like in a year, a year from half a year and a half from now, you're going to be like, damn, that was a great trade. So I want to yeah. buy some Willis I, and I'll actually overpay a little bit now to give me that ability to, to have him on my team when that window comes. Cause aren't you pretty confident he's going to get a window at some point? Yeah. And if he does, he's a first, I want a first, I'm not taking a second for him. Or, or at least you say, okay, he's starting now. If he smashes for four games, he's, you're going to hear the narrative. He's another Jalen hurts. They're going to give him another year. Yeah, I don't even think it's going to take one, maybe two games at most, and people right. are going to be like, "Oh, he had eighty rushing yards in both games and a touchdown." I'm, I'm, he's a first, so yeah. So he's a buy on tank teams, and he's also a buy on contending teams where you can send off a shitty quarterback and get Malik Willis if you can absorb the right. fact that you have, you know, that's the perfect example. You have Goff as your QB three. You know, like if you can send golf off and get Malik Willis, it's almost like it hurts in the short term, but does it really hurt? Because are you really expecting golf to win anything for you? Right. Yeah, that's something I'm definitely going to have to explore in my teams because the only Willis I have is that team with you. I don't I never drafted him or he went way too high to where I was willing to take him. He was he was still going in the first round and high second rounds and a lot of our rookie drafts, even after, you know, and all of our drafts are after the NFL draft. So everyone knew he was a third round pick and they're still taking him that high. I just couldn't stomach taking him that high. So that's why I'm sure you probably don't have very much of him either. I had three in Debbie and I think I ended up with five total. So yeah, I didn't draft many. I think the only other one, other one, except for the one we drafted together, but can we learn something for, cause, cause really what you were betting on when you didn't draft Malik Willis, where some of these other people were betting on him was that you weren't convinced he would ever get that opportunity. But all it took is like three good quarters in the preseason. And it's like, yeah, he's going to get the opportunity. That's all yeah. it took. So is that one where our process was right? And just, the results haven't been favorable to the process? Or do you think if there's another Malik Willis next year, I'm trying to think of a player that maybe fits a similar profile. Like, uh, to him. like, like Cam Ward for Washington state. He's someone where you go, he's super raw, but if he ever started, it's a 5% chance he ever starts. But if he right. starts, this is how people are going like, to behave. And maybe we didn't weigh that enough compared relative to his yeah. draft capital and his cost. Or like if Anthony Richardson comes out and he's falls to the third round, like Malik did, I think that could be the same thing. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't want to say we whiffed because historically you see third round quarterback and you go, that's not a first round dynasty pick yeah. yet. 
I look at some of these drafts and I'm like, woof, I took, you know, Isaiah Spiller over him or TDP over him. It's like, uh, that's even a point per carry. I, you know, yeah, I, I get it, but I think it's still the right process play. I could see it in that, that second round. Okay. You know, I'm taking those guys, but like, you know, da- obviously hindsight right now, but Damian Pierce over Malik Wills, I'm, you know, I, Damian Pierce was, was the right pick. You know, I've wanted, Damian I Pierce wanted, was, but it, there's a, a lot of other running backs that went in that range where you right now you would trade for Malik Willis. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think so, I think it's just Malik's rushing um, floor is what's doing that. Like if it's if this was Matt Corral doing this and Matt Corral like was a you know only a 200 300 yard rusher, you know I probably wouldn't feel the same. But Malik's got l- legit the thousand yard rushing upside at his peak. So I think it's just that, you know, more for the rushing quarterback than for like a regular quarterback. Well, and I think, so there's one other component to that too, is I think Malik Willis will be, it will be favorable to him to not play. Mm -hmm. That is helping his dynasty value. If they would have thrown him out there week one and been like, go play. And the Titans sucked dynasty would have given up on him. Right. You, you know, and we don't buy necessarily that. I mean, we, you and I talk about it all the time. If a guy can't get on the field for a year, he's probably not any good. Yet there are exceptions at certain positions, specifically like tight end and quarterback, to where that might not be the truth. Yet we look at it in a lens. And if I tell you, hey, Eric, you can have a third round quarterback who has no shot of playing in a year, but you have to spend a 112 on him. You're going to go, hell no, that's dumb. Mm-hmm. Yet, if all the context comes into play, like it did with Willis, you can squint and tell yourself, you know what, this actually, I can see this working. I can see him taking over the second half of 2023 and smashing and being a QB1 for fantasy. Mm-hmm. All he then needs is the commitment for one year, a trial year, where they don't draft a guy in the first round. And that's his year. And if he hits and he becomes Jalen Hurts and then maybe one more good year turns into an extension, then you're like, okay, then you look back in your rookie drafts five years ago and go, how the hell did I take Brian Robinson over him? You know, then nothing you can do. But I'm just trying to, to talk it out loud of where context does matter here, where you're right. If this was, there is nothing Desmond Ritter can do to get to Malik Willis's value period. Even if Desmond Ritter starts half this year, he now has to contend right away next year with the Atlanta is going to bring in a quarterback. Malik doesn't have to deal with that. You pretty much know his situation is going to be what it is for two years. So he has that value benefit where it just is stagnant. So I, I like, it's just interesting how like, people took Ritter over Willis in some cases, cause he was going to start earlier and that was a mistake. So we'll move on. But I just think it's an interesting, he's a very interesting uh, niche value case. Right. Yeah, we kind of went out a little bit in the weeds there. But that was a good topic. I think that's going to be good for everybody to hear. Uh, now on to Denver. Pretty much standard depth chart here as well. Russell Wilson and Brett Rippon actually made it uh, over Josh Johnson. They did bring back Josh on the practice squad at quarterback. The three running backs, Javante, Melvin, Mike Boone. I've... I still have some Mike Boone's on my teams. You know, he's injury away from, you know, pretty much taking over Melvin Gordon's role, what Melvin Gordon does. It might not be as 
Uh, 60-40 is what it's going to be between Javante and Boone, but uh, Boone would at least get in there and get some carries. So I don't mind holding on to some Mike Boone's. Wide receivers, Cortland Sutton, Jerry Judy, and K.J. Hamler has a chance to be like in that Zay Jones territory. So I'll hold on to him. The other guys I'm not holding on to. Uh, Alberto is going to get the full reign there with Dulcich going on the IR for the first four weeks. So we'll see what Albert O can do with Russell Wilson there to start. Um, and then the only other running back they have on the practice squad is Divino Zigbo. I'm not keeping him anywhere. So what are you doing with like Mike Boone? Are you holding on to him? Yeah, I think Mike Boone's one of the better, better guys that's in a great spot that no one really respects it because they have Melvin Gordon. When the number two is really strong, like Melvin Gordon, people often dismiss the number three. But what if Mike Boone is closer to Melvin Gordon than Melvin Gordon is to Javante Williams, just in terms of their ability at this point? And I know that sounds crazy, but yeah, I want Mike Boone. I'm picking up a lot of Mike. I have a ton of Mike Boone already. I think I've already, I mean, once I have these guys on, like I have Mike Boone on 19 teams. So once I have him on that many, like I may pick up different guys just to kind of diversify, you know, and get, build my ownership up of other players. But yeah, I want Mike Boone a lot. And this is a straightforward depth chart. I don't want, uh, we've already, I think we already talked about it. Tim Patrick, I'm fine cutting on leagues. I, who cares? He's going to be 30 years old with a torn ACL. If he comes back, he comes back. Um, and then the tight ends, I mean, you're stashing Dolchich and you want the top three receivers and then Albert O. Like, this is a very clean depth chart. I'm not even really interested in any of the guys on the taxi either. Like, a Zigbo is just a body that's been in this role for like four straight seasons now. So they could easily bring in somebody. Like, it wouldn't shock me if like Denver's like, hey, Philip Lindsay, you want to come back? You know what I mean? And like he's he just replaces a Zigbo. Not that that would happen, but anything like that could happen. So I don't want anybody else other than those five. All right, on to Kansas City. Quarterback, Mahomes, obviously you're going to keep him. Running backs, we thought maybe Ronald Jones could be a cut. He ends up making the team. So they have CEH, Ronald Jones, Jarek McKinnon, and Isaiah Pacheco that they've kept. Wide receivers, you still got Juju, MVS, Sky Moore, McCole Hardman, Justin Watson. And tight ends, they have some interesting tight ends behind Kelsey, uh, Jody Fortson and Noah Gray. I think I prefer Fortson over Gray at this point. Uh, but your two tight end leagues, your 1.75 premium leagues where you can stash a couple tight ends, I think Jody Fortson's definitely a guy I would stash. Yeah, I agree with the tight ends. I've I've picked up both of the tight ends. Now, don't get me wrong. I don't think either of us think if Kelsey were to get hurt, they would just shift the offense towards the receivers more and the running backs more. It's not like they're going to bring in the backup tight end and he's automatically like a top 12 option. Mm-hmm. But at least in certain leagues, I mean, we play in some two tight end leagues that are, you know, 40 man rosters. So, I mean, any tight end that literally has a shot to be playing is worth rostering. Uh, in those leagues. And then, yeah, it's interesting with the backfield. Like, I guess this is another one of those backfields that you can tell yourself a story, how all of them are relevant. So I think you have to roster all four. Yep. Uh, even though the names, Ronald Jones and Jarek McKinnon are probably bigger than their actual impact will be like the names. People would say, Oh, this is one of the best backfields in the league, you know, but I would rather have the dolphins and the jets. And I'd rather have those four than these four, obviously, but right. you got to roster them all. And then, you know, McCole Hardman's one that I have a tough time with. Like you still have to keep him. Yeah. But he's a roster clogger. I mean, he really is. You don't, you probably don't know when to start him. He's not probably better 
than Sky Moore, but I wouldn't be shocked if he's the number two productive receiver on the team this year. And that comes out of nowhere. And it's like, you never used him, but he could put up better stats than MVS. That wouldn't be shocking to me. Uh, but yeah, it's a tough receiver room. It's really outside of Juju and then Sky Moore and rookie drafts. It's you got to carry all the Chiefs receivers, but you really don't want to. It's kind of like holding right. Pringle and Robinson the last couple of years. Like you held them because they're on the Chiefs, but yeah. do you really want them? You know? No, you really didn't. And you had a hard time ever picking when to start them. So these are what we call best ball receivers. So you just hold them on a best ball team and see what happens. I think same for Justin Watson. I've picked up uh, in my deeper leagues a couple Justin Watsons just because him and Mahomes did have a couple plays together in the, in the preseason and training camp reports sounded pretty good on Justin Watson. He's definitely one of those freak athlete type guys as well. So I'll take the shot on Watson and see what happens there. But yeah, he's definitely a roster clogger, but I'll see what happens with him if I have a few roster spots to play with. Yep. Uh, Vegas. So quarterbacks, they kept Derek Carr, Jarrett Stidham. That was pretty obvious. Running back room, they did uh, keep rookie Britton Brown. So that was interesting. I didn't know if he would make it, but they kept five running backs in this one. Josh Jacobs, Zamir White, Amir Abdullah, Brandon Bolden, and Britton Brown. Wide receivers, you know, Adams and Renfro, the only two you want. Matt Collins, Tyron Johnson, DJ Turner, they kept. Those guys are all roster cloggers. I ended up I picked up a few Mac Collins just, you know, to see what happened. If maybe there was injury, he'd have a little bit of a bigger role. But now that nothing's happened and all that, I just cut him because I'll never play him. Uh, Darren Waller, Foster Moreau at tight end. I'm still holding on to Foster Moreau. I know you are too. That's probably one of your most highly owned tight ends in fantasy. So Foster Moreau's on your waiver wires. I'll definitely hold on to him still. I think he's a, a valuable piece of the offense still. Yeah, I think he's the best backup tight end in the league in terms of I, who I want for dynasties. That's a clear backup because he's a free agent. He's definitely one of those guys that you could see turning himself into. Uh, and I'm going to throw out these names and you're going to be like, oh, that's not that exciting. But if you remember like Trey Burton or Jonu Smith or Gerald Everett, like they're going to get another shot somewhere. He might only get one year, and if he's not a starter-worthy player, then he's not. Uh, remember, Hayden Hurst got an opportunity on his second team, and he really isn't probably a starter-level tight end, but he's at least somebody you want to hold and see what happens with that. And there's also contingent value with Moreau if Waller were to get hurt. I mean, he could probably right. be startable. And then it's interesting. I see people picking up Britton Brown. He's one of those I could get him in every league. No, I have no interest in Britton Brown. I mean right. – they're carrying Bolden. They're carrying Abdullah. I really don't want those guys either, but they're there and they're probably going to be an annoyance. Mm-hmm. So I'm actually not as interested in, this is not one of those, any running back that's active. I want, yeah, I don't no. want really Amir Abdullah. I guess you can roster him. I don't want Brandon Bolden. I don't want Britton Brown, even though they're one of them is going to be active on game days. Uh, I think the biggest call, tell me if I'm crazy, but I think, one guy I really like that I've been adding in leagues, especially deeper two QB or 14, 16 teams. I've been adding Jared Stidham. I think he may end up being one of the like system backup quarterbacks that could come in in a short period of time and produce. I would say you're crazy because they had the same thing with new England and Brian Hoyer always beat him out. And obviously Hoyer knows the system a little bit more, but if he couldn't beat out Brian Hoyer, yeah, I'm, I'm not interested. So 
Uh, I mean, I, I, it's fair. It's fair. I mean, it is. There is no Brian Hoyer, and I think there's a more concentrated weaponry for the for Oak for Las Vegas than the Patriots had. But I get it. I mean, I, I've just been adding Jarrett Stidham. He's been one of those backups where I'm like, I'll add him and just see, you know, if there's anything more about, you know, him coming out or anything like that. Just because he's been with McDaniel's forever. Like that was obviously like a hand-picked guy that he wanted to be his backup. So I almost kind of see it like when Nick Mullins came in for San Fran. Like he's he would be one of the backups if you told me he was getting a spot start. It wouldn't mm. be crazy for me to rank him in the top 20, especially given he might be playing the Broncos or the Chiefs or the Chargers. You know, like it's they're going to have to score points. Mm-hmm. So I think oh, or the Raiders are going to throw it a lot. And so if he had to play, like he's one of those backups I'm worth holding, but you seem to disagree. So, I mean, I respect that. And then with the running back there, like, I think the only one outside of Jacobs and white would be Abdullah just because it sounds like he's going to have the pass catching role. Yeah. Um, that would be the, the one. If I had to pick of the three, I would keep. Yep. Agree. Um, chargers. So their depth chart, pretty much the same as well with the quarterbacks, Herbert, Daniel, Easton stick, Running backs, they ended up picking up Sony Michelle and they cut Larry Roundtree. So it's going to be Eckler, Spiller, Josh Kelly, and Sony Michelle. Uh, wide receivers, Keenan Allen, Mike Williams, Josh Palmer. Those are probably the only three that I want. Um, they still have DeAndre Carter, Jalen Guyton, but I'm not interested in those guys. And then tight ends, Gerald Everett, Donald Parham, Trey McKitty. I think I'm only really interested in Everett, maybe Parham a little bit in, in two tight end leagues. McKitty, I'll still hold on to just because um, he was a pretty talented rookie that came out. Just he's kind of been buried there. Might take him, you know, three or four years before he finally finds his footing in the NFL. But that's what I'd be doing with those tight ends. Yeah, I mean, I think this is another one of those backfields where you're kind of forced to hold all of them, yep. which could be good or bad. I mean, Josh Kelly, I think we're both low on Josh Kelly just because he's probably the clear fourth that we would want here. But I don't think you can just say I'm cutting him because they signed Sony Michelle. Like if you're going to hold other teams with four running backs, you probably have to hold Josh Kelly too. Yep. Uh, so I think you, I want all four of these guys and I agree with you, the receivers that the tight ends are interesting. I listened to the Yahoo show with Austin Eckler and Justin Herbert uh, that they were on Mm-hmm. And Justin Herbert mentioned Gerald Everett three times of guys that can change this offense and take it to another level. And I'm sitting here going like, all right, because it's interesting to be interviewing those players and talking about fantasy. Like they'll they'll kind of drop hints on who they see that that's doing this or doing that. And he went out of his way a couple times to mention Gerald Everett is a guy that's going to help Keenan Allen because he's somebody that can draw coverage away from Keenan Allen's area and vice versa. So I thought that was interesting, yet we've kind of heard that same stuff about Gerald Everett before, and then he's just like another guy. Yeah. But, you know, I'm still interested. I, I think he's probably a guy I definitely want on all my Herbert teams. Right. I could see that. Now, what do you think about with um, with Sony Michelle? Do you think that's going to probably put a damper on Isaiah Spiller's rookie season or what he could do? Uh, you know, it's interesting because – like we're talking about my Miami. And so he clearly couldn't beat out Salvin Ahmed and miles Gaskin mm. yet. We've seen this before where the Patriots didn't want him. And then he looked good for the Rams. So I think, I mean, and I saw where he failed his physical. And so that was one of the reasons why they, they didn't necessarily keep him. 
but they also mentioned that he failed his physical because a lot of teams would fail his physical because he has the degenerative knees. Mm-hmm. But that hasn't stopped him from still bouncing around the league. I think when you sign him, it's just he's a body. We're going to use him until we can't use him anymore. Mm-hmm. And that's all we want him for for fantasy. So I, you have no choice but to really want him. But then I don't think you can necessarily say he's a barrier to Isaiah Spiller's career, maybe the first half of his rookie year. But would you be shocked if week nine, Isaiah Spiller is clearly the second best running back on the team? No, but I also wouldn't be shocked if week nine and Tony Michelle looks like he did last year and yep. Isaiah Spiller is inactive and they keep Josh Kelly. And he's up. where Josh Kelly was, where yeah. he can't even get active. Yeah, I get it. Right. I get it. That's why you have to keep all four. You have yeah. to just see, okay, Eckler is clearly not going to get more than half the touches probably. They're going to work in other guys. So how do they look? It's not like it's going to be Dion Jackson where he's active on game day, but he never touches the ball one time. Right. Like you're, you're going to have probably two other running backs that are getting eight touches and four touches for the chargers every single week. So how do they look? If it's, they give Josh Kelly the first crack and his first game is five for 12 and he looks horrible. That's probably going to be Isaiah Spiller the next week or Sony Michelle the next week. And that's the guy you just have to kind of watch this, but you have to hold all four, unfortunately. All right. Now on to the NFC and Dallas. So they only kept one quarterback, uh, Dak Prescott. So they'll just activate Cooper Rush or Will Greer um, off of their practice squad every week uh, to bring up a quarterback to just in case Dak gets hurt. Running backs. Uh, we thought there was a possibility they could keep four. They they usually only keep three, so I thought maybe a fourth, but they didn't. Ezekiel Elliott, Tony Pollard, and Rico Dottle, who's looking uh, pretty good so far in the preseason, came back healthy from his hip injury, looked uh, really explosive, really good this offseason. So excited to see that he made the team. I've pretty much have picked up Dottle everywhere that I could. I know you have as well. Wide receiver, C.D. Lamb, Michael Gallup, um, not going to start the year on the pup, so that's a good sign. But I would be willing to bet Gallup misses at least the first two weeks, and then we'll see where he's at from there. Uh, Jalen Tolbert, Noah Brown, uh, Simi Fajoko, Dennis Houston, Kevontae Turpin made the rest of the wide receiver depth chart. The only one I'd even remotely be interested in at the start of the season would be Noah Brown. I think he's going to start. Um, with C.D. Lamb uh, on the outside for the first couple games at least. And then tight ends. They have some really interesting tight ends. Dalton Schultz. And then Jake Ferguson has looked pretty good this offseason. If Jake Ferguson's on your waiver wires, I would go ahead and pick him up because if they don't bring back Schultz, obviously they could sign another tight end this offseason, like maybe a Foster Moreau type. But Ferguson, I think he could fit right in there and be a cheap tight end, starting tight end option for them where they don't have to pay him that massive contract that Schultz is going to get and be okay with it. I mean, Ferguson looked competent and looked like he can do it. And then they also have Peyton Hendershot, who they ended up keeping as well. That's another UDFA guy um, that made the roster. Um, Not too interested in him, but just a name to keep an eye on. And then I mentioned uh, Malik Davis earlier. That was the other running back that they had brought in. They ended up cutting him and bringing him back on the practice squad. Uh, Me and Scott both had a shit ton of Malik Davis. I'm pretty sure we've cut him almost everywhere. Uh, But that's a guy like if Zeke gets hurt, Dowdle gets hurt again. I'll definitely pick up uh, Malik Davis at that point. 
Yeah, that's what I was going to say is I cut every Malik Davis because he was a less than impressive prospect that was not drafted, but he looked okay in the preseason and Rico Dowdle has ended the last two years on IR. So, I mean, and he dealt with injuries his whole college career. So like there's, it's a non-zero chance that he's out for the year by the fourth week of the year. And then I think at that point they would just bring Malik Davis up to be their RB three. Like that would be their first move. Dallas really doesn't use the third running back. So I think they would just promote Malik Davis and say, okay, we're, we're going to put him on the 53. He probably wouldn't be active on a lot of game days either, but he would be the next man up. I don't see this as being a team where they sign somebody unless they were to have an injury to Zeke. They may bring in somebody else that can do some of what they're asking Pollard to do. But I think if it was an injury to Dowdle, it would just, that would just be Malik Davis. They would just promote him from and he'd be the next man up. So he would be worth picking up at that point. Uh, and then Peyton Hendershot is the Raz freak. Mm-hmm. And then Jake Ferguson isn't, but he was a, a fourth round pick that was very productive as a receiver in college. So I agree. I, I'm kind of interested in both of those tight ends just because I think we both think Dalton Schultz is just a guy. If he signs with like the Jets, then we his value takes a major hit because they could plug somebody else in there that's competent right. and we would value them right where we value Dalton Schultz. So yeah, I'm interested in those tight ends and then the receivers are just gross. Like you got to keep Tolbert, you got to keep Gallup, but they're probably not. You hope Tolbert's usable for the first half of the year because if he's not, I think he's one of those guys. If he doesn't produce right away, and I think it's unfair to expect him to produce right away because of where he's coming from. You know what I mean? But like if he doesn't produce in the first like six weeks, people are going to be like, oh, he had a golden opportunity and he didn't do anything. He's dead. So I actually would be Tolbert would be one of those guys I would sell now if I could. Like I'd sell Tolbert for a second if I could get any second. Cause he has such don't you think he has a really limited window to hit? And if he doesn't hit right away, people are gonna give up on him. You'd be better yeah. off if he was the one like David Bell where there's no expectations early. Yeah. I'd rather be in that I'd rather be in that boat than I would be Tolbert, if he doesn't, if he doesn't smash right away, people are going to not be forgiving. He's going to end up going down as, ah, he's not any good. Look where he came from. So I think I would sell if I could on Tolbert. Okay. Uh, Next up is the New York Giants. So they kept Daniel Jones, Tyrod Taylor at quarterback. Pretty much what we expected there. Running back was a little interesting, though. Uh, They ended up keeping Saquon Barkley, Matt Breida, Gary Brightwell, and Antonio Williams was the one who made it um, as the fourth guy. Maybe not as surprising because Antonio Williams came from Buffalo with the coach, so that made a little more sense. Um, Jay Sean Corbin is the other one uh, that they had. He ended up coming back on the practice squad. I've dumped all my Jay Sean Corbins. I'll pick him up. Um, if he ever is relevant again, but I mean, he's behind Brita Brightwell and Antonio Williams. So he would need probably two injuries, uh, before he would even be considered. So not, uh, picking him up or just dropping him off my rosters wide receiver, Galladay, Kadarius, Tony, Sterling Shepard, Wandale Robinson. They still have Darius Slayton still on the roster. Richie James, David Sills. I like a lot of these wide receivers, but most of them are roster cloggers. I think Galladay, Tony, and Wandale are probably the only three you want. I would be totally fine just cutting Sterling Shepard. He's a Achilles injury, um, almost 30 years old now. I would just cut Sterling Shepard. I don't. I think his best days are behind him. And then Daniel Bellinger is the starting tight end. 
And then they picked up Tanner Hudson, a guy that has been around for a couple years now with Tampa Bay for two years, but he was buried behind Gronk and Cameron Bray and OJ Howard. He always looked really good in the preseason, but could never really get on the field during the regular season. Uh, he signed with um, San Francisco this offseason, and I thought he looked pretty decent there for them. Uh, but he ended up getting cut by them, and the Giants picked him up, and now he's the number two for the Giants because Seals Jones is out for the year, um, and they really didn't have anybody else. So Tanner Hudson is a guy that is like you'll see in the newsletter uh, Friday morning. I talk I talk about him in there. This is a guy I want to pick up, and especially in my two tight end leagues, uh, premium leagues, because if Bellinger struggles like most rookies do at tight end, I think Hudson can end up being the starter at tight end for them um, in the not too d- distant future. So that's why I'm picking him up. Yeah, we're we're the only ones that have been crushing the pickups on Tanner Hudson because Tanner Hudson is always one of those guys that flashed. He's very athletic. He is somebody that I think there's a shot. We go out week one, week two. Tanner Hudson's playing over Daniel Bellinger because he's done it before. He's played before. He's played it. Daniel Bellinger is a fourth round pick that played in the Mountain West. And I mean, look at his production in college to think he's just going to go out there and run, you know, 75% of the routes at tight end. Like I wouldn't be shocked if Tanner Hudson plays more than Daniel Bellinger right away. Like it's more like 50, 50. And I mean, they just brought him in a couple weeks ago. So to, to go from there to, we need to add him in every league where there's any sort of tight end premium. Like that's in, that's an interesting story to me to follow. So I've been picking him up. Uh, this is another hot take. And I mean, I, shout out to Brandon. Uh, it, I think Antonio Williams is the backup. Antonio Williams was a high recruit, actually went to Ohio State and then transferred to North Carolina. He was always behind better running backs. I mean, look at the running backs he was behind at North Carolina and at Ohio State. Go back and look at the names. Uh, he was behind Javante and Michael Carter at North Carolina. So I think you have a guy here that has just flown under the radar, has flashed in the preseason before, but I, I've been picking Antonio Williams up as the backup because I think they would turn to Breida, but we kind of know what Breida is, right? He's not he's not going to last more than a couple games as right. a, a guy getting more than 10, 12 touches in a game. If there's a Barkley injury, the Giants probably do what we've seen them do in the past, like literally pull guys off the scrap heap and play them. But you never know. That was the old regime. This is the new one. They know Antonio Williams. They know Matt Breida. Look at some of the running backs they've rolled with in Buffalo before. They may just go, okay, we'll give these guys a shot. We don't really need a good running game. We'll just throw it more. Right. So I like Antonio Williams. I think he's the number two. But obviously, you know, Breida and him, you have to have. I I don't want Brightwell. I mean, Brandon was talking about Brightwell is going to be the fourth running back. He's not going to be active except for, you know, on special teams only. So I, I have no interest in Brightwell. And maybe that's just my bias. That's some Benny Snell bias right there. Yeah, I can see it. I think I have a few bright wells, but maybe I'll switch them out for Antonio Williams after that. So I'll, I'll look to do that on my team. Well, you're not getting any Antonio Williams because I have them all. 27 cheers. <laughs> if uh, Another one, too, is if Tyrod is still on your waivers, I would pick up Tyrod because I think there's definitely a point in the season where they just turn to him because Daniel Jones is. So I, de- I definitely wouldn't. Eric's got so much bias when it comes to Tyrod. He thinks Tyrod should start opening day. 
I do. Yes, I definitely think he's, he's the best quarterback there. It's 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 All easy right. if you watch the games. But All anyway, right. Eagles, Eagles quarterbacks: Jalen Hurts, Gardner Minshew, and why the fuck did you pick up Ian Book? Uh, running backs: Miles Sanders, Kenny Gainwell, Boston Scott, and they just picked up uh, Trey Sermon today off of waivers. So that's an interesting one. Wide receivers: AJ Brown, Devontae Smith, Quez Watkins, Zach Pascal. Um, and then tight ends, Dallas Goddard, Grant Calcaterra, and Jack Stoll there at tight ends. Uh, they did uh, bring back uh, Kennedy Brooks on the practice squad, and they also picked up LaMichael Pirine from the Jets and put him on their practice squad as well. So what do you have for the running backs? Is this pretty much another keep all the running back backfield? Listen, Trey Sermon finally beat out Kennedy Brooks, okay? Mm-hmm. Yeah, now I think you want to have you got to have all four of these guys too, and it's interesting because you want you want the Eagles backfield, but I don't know who I want other than Kenneth Gainwell. Obviously, I want I'll, I'll take a cheap Miles Sanders. I'll take Boston Scott. I'll even tra- take Trey Sermon. This is probably like the best spot Trey Sermon could have gone to. It's a team that the offense can create for whatever running back they give the opportunity for. So, I mean, I'm actually, like, I was totally off Trey Sermon. That was a victory lap if you were off Trey Sermon because he got cut on a rookie contract. I mean, how bad is that when you cut a rookie contract running back in favor of basically UDFAs or guys that you've replaced him in the draft? But mm-hmm. I got to respect the landing spot for Trey Sermon. So, yeah, I won all four, and you got to still keep an eye. I, I don't want to hold – I'm not putting them on rosters. But you have to keep an eye on Kennedy Brooks and on the Michael P. Ryan because whoever the next guy up that could get promoted, they're worth watching because it's the Eagles' backfield in their line. So, yeah, it's uh, another one of those you got to carry all four, unfortunately. Yep. And then uh, one that you have also have a lot of, too, I just want to give a shout-out to is Calcaterra. Um, pretty good tight end. If something were to happen to Goddard there, I think he could be pretty useful as well. Yeah, I mean, he's a six-rounder, older prospect, but – I think he's one of those that here and I'm giving away some secrets with Calcaterra. I think he's more of a, I invested in him because he has a good profile and he had a big Debbie name, but if there was an injury to Goddard, I don't really think he gets like, it's not like they throw him in there and he's usable, but someone else might be like, Oh, he's going to start this week. Okay, cool. You'll give me a third. Like that. That's what I'm hoping for with Calcaterra. Cause I have, yeah, I have 17 grand Calcaterra. So that's my highest rostered tight end. And I, that you, that's not the kind of guy you want to bet on to actually come to fruition of being useful, but I do yeah. think he's a good flip candidate. All right. On to the commanders. Now pretty much uh, what we expected here. Carson Wentz, Heineke, Sam Hollow quarterback, uh, Gibson McKissick, Jonathan Williams at running back with Brian Robinson uh, going to be out for the first four weeks, at least uh, prayers out to Brian Robinson. Hopefully he gets better. Uh, wide receivers, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, Jahan Dotson, Cam Sims, Diami Brown, Dax Milne, and then tight ends, Logan Thomas, John Bates, Cole Turner, Curtis Hodges, and Armani Rogers as well. So for this running back core, obviously Gibson and McKissick, you're going to want a roster. Even Jonathan Williams being the third running back, though, I'm still not really that interested in him. I'm uh, curious to see what you think about him fucking wolf man if there's any place where you could have been could the team please just claim like just Corbin from their division yeah. rival instead of jonathan williams who was in 
he was in this, hey, let's let's add him on every roster like four years ago. Right. You know, not now. Come on. He's bounced around. He's been on like four different teams. He's just one of those guys that you get him in there. And I mean, he's if you look at Jonathan Williams, it looks like he should have been really good. So I can see where teams are like, damn, this guy's good. And then you realize he's been with six teams and he's been cut by like five practice squads. And you just when I saw that they kept him not even over Jarrett Patterson, but they, this would have been the one where you go, all right, Jonathan, we're going to cut you. We're literally going to look at every other running back that's alive that could potentially get this spot. And if they don't want to sign here, we'll sign you back. But just to keep him and be like, oh, we're just going to let the Giants keep Deshaun Corbin on their practice squad. Like, I put that question on Twitter to Doug Kyatt, who's a writer for PFF, and I just said, like, do teams have, like, kind of, like, gentlemen's agreements to not claim each other's practice squad players? Because how could how could you not take Deshaun Corbin from the Giants and just give him Jonathan Williams a spot? I, I don't right. understand, but that's neither here nor there. I just wonder how this guy makes a roster when they're we're literally talking about guys that were looked really good and have young, fresh legs that don't make it. So I don't want Jonathan Williams. That long point to get there. Did you um, did you get a response from him or no? No, he just asked for questions. I think he's going to cover it in an article. Uh, the podcast, okay. so I have to track okay. it around. But yeah, I just asked. Because doesn't it seem like this is a bigger topic? Maybe we can talk about it next week. But isn't this one of those where, like, didn't you notice how many teams let good, explosive young players go back to practice squads? And then you have other teams that just keep flat out bums. And it, yeah. you just wonder, like, especially Washington needs running backs. Could have taken one of the most impressive UDFAs from the Giants who don't have many good running backs. Right. And that's all you had to do is give him a 53-man roster spot. And they just go, like, oh, no, we're not going to claim him. They could have easily claimed Trey Sermon today. Or and, Kevin Harris or anybody yeah. else. That, And that's what I wonder. Is there just kind of like an unwritten rule where, hey, we're not going to claim every single player. and Or at least we're going to maybe limit how many players we claim. I don't know. And, and you know right. what? My, it, it also might be teams literally view these running backs as like a, a token in a video game machine. You know, they, they, they look at the third running back job as like, why are we going to bother? And this sounds really, really cruel and petty, but why are we going to bother to pay to like change the nameplate Jonathan Williams to Deshaun Corbin and like pay to clean out his locker? Cause it just doesn't matter that much, you know, like things like that where the team might be like, yeah, it's going to cost us. 10 grand to, to make this roster move. That's the gap between the two. Isn't even worth it. So we'll just keep this guy. Right. So yeah, and that's, I, I did want to say, I know you, you kind of hit on these guys. I, I like having, I like Armani Rogers and Cole Turner. I like both of those guys. Cause this is a depth chart of, of tight ends. That is, I mean, Logan Thomas coming off the ACL. They can cut him after this year. And then John Bates is just a jag. He's just a slow, big blocker. Hey, so that's I like Ray, Ray Garvin's guy, man. Yeah, but look until you look up his RAS and it's super low and he runs a four eight nine. So you can have John Bates. I'll get Cole Turner and Armani Rogers because those guys are uh pretty athletic. So I have been stashing those two. <laughs> All right, on to the Chicago Bears now. Pretty standard there at, t- at quarterback, Fields and Simeon, what we expected there. Running backs, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert, Trustin Ebner, 
Wide receivers, Darnell Mooney, Byron Pringle, Valus Jones, Equimenius St. Brown, Tajay Sharp, Dante Pettis, and they also claimed Amir Smith-Marset today off of waivers. So I could see, you know, one of Pettis or Sharp or Equimenius getting cut uh, to make room for Smith-Marset. Uh, Nikhil Harry went to the IR, so that's where he's at right now. And then tight ends, Cole Komet, Ryan Griffin, and they picked up um, Trevon Wesco as well from the Jets on waivers. Uh, these running backs, Montgomery and Herbert and Ebner, I'm definitely keeping on all my teams. Those are guys that I want to stash. Darrington Evans didn't make the team but made the practice squad. I, I've been talking about that one. He's... If he gets um, – if there's an injury there, sure, I guess I can pick up Evans. But as of now, I, I just cut him everywhere if I had any of him, which I didn't. Uh, wide receivers is a big, giant wolf. I think I've I've had to cut some Byron Pringles on some of my shorter roster teams. But I think Mooney, Pringle are the only ones I want. I know some people probably drafted Valus Jones and they'll keep him, but – I'm, I'm just not for me. And then Cole Komet, I think, is going to be this year's, like, you know, where the hell did he come from when he's tight end seven on the year? Yeah, we'll keep this one simple. The tight ends behind Komet are trash. Don't want any of them. Uh, I think the Darrington Evans was one of the blind spots for Eric. Like, he was kind of like my Benny Snell, where you, you just didn't want him no matter what. Even if right. he would have made the team, they, you would have been like, oh, no, he's number four. But so, yeah, I, I I dropped all the Darrington Evans. But, you know, if there's an injury, he's going to get promoted, and they're probably going to bring him right back up. Because it's not like he was horrible. Yeah, right. like he's not horrible to where it's like he looks so bad, that's why he got caught. And then the receivers, I mean, yeah, I, I don't have any Bears receiver other than Darnell Mooney. I've literally released all the other ones. I didn't draft any Velas Jones, uh, and that's probably a one you and I are in lockstep with. Like that's just you're drafting a roster clogger immediately. Yeah. Yep. Now, are, are have you cut all your Smith Marsets or are you still have a blindfold um, on? With I, him? I didn't get a chance to go through and cut all of them yet. But will you be much. cutting him for running backs? Yes, I think so. So even even you can't sell yourself on how he's good on the Bears. Yeah, I I don't know if what he said to his teammate was true, but yeah, that wasn't a, a great look either. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I did. The, I saw the destination. Maybe we should, we will we'll skip that. But uh, yeah, not not a good look. All right, um, Detroit Lions. This was uh, pretty standard as well. Jared Goff, they ended up picking up Nate Sudfeld, who the 49ers cut. We'll get to the 49ers here in a little bit. Uh, so they cut both of their quarterbacks that they had, bring on Sudfeld. Uh, running backs, DeAndre Swift, Jamal Williams, and Craig Reynolds made the team. Uh, Jamar Jefferson made the team as well, but they ended up cutting him uh, once they picked up some guys. Uh, DJ Chark, Jamison Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown, Josh Reynolds, Khalif Raymond, Quintez Cephas make the receiver chart. And then they kept four tight ends, Hawkinson, Mitchell, Brock Wright, Shane Zilstra. Uh, the only noteworthy guy is Justin Jackson on the practice squad. Um, I've, I've been starting to pick up Craig Reynolds again now that he's on the roster officially. So I think that we're pretty much in lockstep with that one. We'll pick up some Craig Reynolds um, if we have an open roster spot. Uh, what are you doing with Justin Jackson? That's a guy that I have had on a few teams that I picked up, maybe like four or five. I don't know if I'm uh, willing to cut him yet, but what do you think about Justin Jackson? 
Yeah, just two points. Craig Reynolds, they actually extended last year uh, for one year during the year. They they basically picked up his option during the season. I remember when they tweeted that, it seemed really odd for them to do it. Uh, But I think they were sold on Craig Reynolds. They love Craig Reynolds. I I know you're not a big Hard Knocks watcher, but uh, this week's episode, they talked about like, hey, like they were in the coaches meeting and like, hey, if we end up if we cut Craig Reynolds, you're going to have some problems with the guys in the locker room. Like they're going to yeah. come, come talk to you and, and they're going to be pissed off. Yeah. That's so, what it was. That, that's interesting. You say that. Cause that's what the sentiment was last year that they absolutely yeah. loved him. So that's a player that we've kind of like, I know I cut him a lot in the off season because you're going like, man, they, they got to bring in at least better options. You know, I like Jamar Jefferson right. over him, but you got to respect the fact that this is another one of those teams where if he ever got opportunity, it's a good line. You know what I mean? Like this is right. an offense where you probably would want the rack up running back on every roster. So I think you pick up all the Craig Reynolds, uh, Justin Jackson. If you just Google, there's some issues why Justin Jackson wasn't signed for so long. Uh, if you look at that, some of the stuff that he said, some of the, just, I'll just leave it at that. Google Justin Jackson and controversy or whatever. You'll be able to find it. Okay. Uh, but I think that he's one of those that's kind of in the same boat as Philip Lindsay. And to a lesser extent, like Marlon Mack, like they've been good in the past. They've been usable in the past, but you know, the, the chargers could have brought back Justin Jackson and they picked mm-hmm. Sony Michelle. Uh, they drafted multiple running backs while Justin Jackson was there. And then they didn't keep him. And then he bounced around or basically sat unsigned for months. And then the lions bring him in and cut him. So, I mean, I'm fine cutting Justin Jackson just because there's probably better options in similar spots than him. Uh, but yeah, I'm, I think Craig Reynolds is the one to pick up. You can get him in mostly every league unless Eric and I have already picked him up or I've seen him picked up by a couple other pieces or a couple other people. And then uh, all the receivers are roster cloggers except for obviously the top three. Right. And then uh, Brock Wright. I still like Brock Wright as a backup. Brock Wright is an absolute Raz freak. So I would take him over the other tight ends. I'm still rostering him in some two tight end leagues. Yeah, I have I have James Mitchell on a couple of my teams um, as well. So we'll just see who who wins that battle between Brock Wright and James Mitchell uh, on to Green Bay, Aaron Rodgers, Jordan Love. Uh, they only kept two running backs, which was really surprising to me. Aaron Jones and A.J. Dillon. Um, they actually kind of pissed me off by cutting Tyler Goodson because I thought he was one of the most impressive rookies that I saw all preseason. Uh, but they ended up getting Tyler Goodson back on practice squad. Somehow nobody claimed him. So they got lucky there. They'll probably just elevate Tyler Goodson on game days. Like um, we talked about with some of the other teams receivers. Uh, they ended up keeping seven. So Alan Lazard, Sammy Watkins, Randall Cobb, Christian Watson, Romeo dubs, Amari Rogers, and Samari Torre. They ended up keeping as well. Tight ends, Robert Tunyon, Mercedes Lewis, Josiah DeGuara, and Tyler Davis, they ended up keeping as well. Um, yeah, I mean, this is pretty standard depth chart. You're keeping the two running backs. I'm still holding on to Tyler Goodson. Like I said, I think he'll be activated on game days. He looked really good to me in the preseason. So Tyler Goodson is a guy I won't cut. I'll just hold on to him. Uh, these wide receivers, I think if you have Lazard, Watson, and Dubs, you're keeping those guys. Sammy Watkins looks like he's going to start. So if he's a starter with Aaron Rodgers, I'll, I'll see what happens. And obviously Cobb has a uh, connection there with Rodgers. So it's hard to cut Cobb or Watkins. I'm guessing you feel the same about those guys. 
No, I'm, I'm, I'm much more cutthroat when it comes to cutting those guys. So yeah, I, those guys are off my rosters. Uh, they did have Amari Rogers working as a running back or in the backfield. So I think he's kind of like Demetric Felton where. Yeah. He, that he was what I was going to mention. I, I'll cut, I've cut Amari Rogers. Yeah, on a he's, couple a, of he's a cut. He'd actually, he would be more interesting to me if they moved him to running back in fantasy, if he got a running back designation, Uh, But then he basically just becomes Demetric Felton where he's probably never going to be given like a real role. So he's Ty Montgomery. He's their new Ty Montgomery for sure. Yeah. And and Ty Montgomery was good when he got the running back designation in fantasy, if you remember. So that's pretty much it. If he got the running back designation, I'd be interested in maybe adding him back. But yeah, not as a receiver. Uh, The tight ends. I mean, I still have a random couple shares of Deguara, but. Yeah, I ended up cutting like five or six of him. He's like an H-back. He's like a fullback. He's not somebody that I really picture being a – he doesn't fit the profile of like a a good pass-catching tight end. So, yeah, I'm not really interested. This is an easy depth chart. It's the three receivers you mentioned, Dylan, Aaron Jones, Tyler Goodson, and uh, Robert Tanya. That's it. You feel the the same about Goodson as I do? You're keeping him everywhere? Yeah, because it's not like they brought – if they would have brought in two other running backs, I'd be concerned if they would have kept – another running back over him, I would have been concerned. But the fact that they kind of just played their hand and said, well, we probably need an extra roster spot for two for another position. Doesn't mean we don't like him. He's another one of those where I go, what the hell were some of the teams thinking by not claiming him? Right. That That's what I don't understand to just let green Bay get away with that. When you know how much they're going to have to rely on their running backs this year. And right. just to let him go back on the taxi squad. I, that's just another one of those I just won't understand. Him and Corbin, I'm kind of wondering that there there isn't a team that could have used them. You know, it's just one of those right. ones I won't understand until someone provides some insight. So that's it. Right. All right, Minnesota. Nick uh, Nick Mullins is the backup. Kirk Cousins, uh, the starter. Running backs: Dalvin Cook, Alexander Madison, Ty Chandler, Kenny and Wagner. Uh, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, KJ Osborne, Jalen Rager, Jalen Naylor at wide receivers. So they ended up trading for Jalen Rager from the Eagles. And then tight ends is um, Irv Smith and a big wolf with Johnny Munt and Ben Ellefson. Munt and Ellefson are pretty much blockers. So I think this is wheels up for Irv Smith as the receiving tight end this year. He should absolutely smash because they have nothing behind him. Um all four running backs I want to hold on to. This is another running back depth chart where I'm going to hold every single one of them. Wide receivers, Jefferson, Thielen, Osborne, you're holding on to. Um, I wanted to ask you about Jalen Rager. What do you think about him? Are you going to give him a chance with this uh, depth chart, or are you going to cut him? Nope, he's a cut. This one's simple for me. The Vikings pissed me off. They cut Nick Muse and Zach Davidson, and they kept just two absolute bums at tight end uh, with Ellison mm-hmm. and Munt. So it's really Irv Smith, the four running backs, Jefferson, Thielen, KJ Osborne. They did bring back Nick Muse to the practice squad. They brought back Brian Kobach to the practice squad, but you know, they were essentially barely there to begin with. So they're just bodies to watch. Uh, both have really good athletic profiles, but that's it. But yeah, I think this one's this one's pretty simple for me. And uh hopefully you got those Nwangwu and Ty Chandler shares, because if they move Madison, that this move that that moves into one of those backfields where you absolutely want the backups because they're both fast, they're both explosive, they're almost like they're they're kind of like versions of Raheem Mostert. If I ever knew when to play them, I could get big games out of both of them because of how right. explosive they are. And then I wanted to ask you about this before we move on to the Falcons. 
I've been picking up Nick Mullins on some teams. They traded for him, and I think he's one of those system guys that in a short couple-game stretch in this system could produce. And right. maybe I'm crazy for that, but I, I picked him up on a couple like super deep, super flex I, leagues just for that reason. I could see that. Or a team where I have cousins and I just want to have the backup. I could see that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think they went out of their way to clear the hell out of the quarterback room and go yeah. trade for him. Yeah. So I think that was probably a, we, this guy can do what we want for like a four game stretch. If we have to play him better than Kellen Mond, better right. than Sean Mannion. So I don't know. He's just been one where I'm like, you know what? I'll pick Nick Mullins up. If I literally, we have some leagues where there is nobody else to pick up. I have cycled through every position like four times mm-hmm. and I'm just like, I no. So yeah, Nick Mullins move on. Okay. Uh, next up is the Atlanta Falcons. So with the Falcons, they kept um, obviously Mariota, Desmond Ritter and Felipe Franks at quarterback. Uh, Franks is going to go between quarterback and tight end. Uh, running backs, Cordero Patterson, Damian Williams, Tyler Algier, and Avery Williams. I'm looking up to see if Avery Williams is a fullback because I've never heard of that guy. Uh, Drake London, uh, Brian Edwards, Olamide Zacchaeus, Demir Bird, Cadero Hodge, Jared Bernhardt, a wide receiver. And then t- uh, tight ends, they pretty much went with Kyle Pitts, Fitzpatrick, who they drafted in round seven, and a um, Parker Hess they kept around. So their tight end room is completely dead behind Kyle Pitts. I don't want any of those guys. Uh, the running backs, Cordero Patterson, Damian Williams, Tyler Algier, I'll take um, all the shots at those guys. I'll, I'll hold on to them. Um, and then their practice squad, Caleb Huntley, um, was a running back that they had that they cut. You know, I've seen some people pick him up. Uh, I'm not picking him up. Yeah, I don't want any of the tight ends. I don't want any of the receivers except for Calvin Ridley and Drake London. Um, I don't want any of the running backs not named Patterson, Damian Williams, Tyler Algier. No interest in Avery Williams. He's actually a converted cornerback who's a punt returner uh, and is listed as running back on the depth chart, but he's really not a running back. So uh, okay. you, you can almost remove him from there. He's basically just like a special teams player that has the running back cornerback tag. Gotcha. Uh, and then I don't want, I don't want any of the guys on the practice squad. Uh, don't want Caleb Huntley. I think Atlanta is one of the prime places where if they had an injury, they would just bring in like another Damian Williams type, somebody off the street. Like I could see this being a team that went and got, you know, like Philip Lindsay or someone like that and just brought him in and put him on the practice squad if he was willing to go. But yeah, this is a very straightforward, uh, you can probably picture about 80% of this team is going to be turned over next year when they have all their cap space. And, you know, like there's just, there's only probably three players on this whole depth chart that are going to be there next year. So I did want to ask Felipe Franks. I've been picking him up in two tight end leagues or two QB leagues because he's listed at quarterback, but I'm betting he's going to end up getting the tight end designation because the Falcons are moving him to tight end. So I think he's going to get one of those co-quarterback tight end designations that eventually is going to be tight end. Mm-hmm. If there's a candidate to be the next Logan Thomas, I thought it was Tyree Jackson before, but he tore his ACL. So, you know, to be determined on that, I think it's Felipe Franks. Okay. So yeah, I've been picking definitely... him up. I have like 10 Felipe Franks shares and people go, why the hell are you picking up Felipe Franks? And I'm like, well, if he ever gets a shot, like you could see, couldn't you see a guy like that? The Falcons putting out there and just, Letting him use his athleticism because they don't have much right. of it on the roster. So yeah, I'm picking up him. Right. Yep, I agree with that. 
All right, Carolina here. Quarterbacks, Baker Mayfield and P.J. Walker. Uh, Corral is out for the year. Sam Darnold's going to be out the first four weeks of the sprained ankle. Uh, running backs, Christian McCaffrey, Deontay Foreman, Chuba Hubbard, pretty much all we expected there. Wide receivers, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall Jr., LaVisca Chenault, who they traded for from Jacksonville, uh, Hollywood Higgins, Shai Smith, Andre Roberts. Uh, so they kept seven receivers. Tight ends, Ian Thomas, Tommy Tremble, Giovanni Ritchie, and Steven Sullivan. Um, so... You know, obviously, all the running backs are definitely worth owning, so you want all three of those guys. Wide receivers, DJ Moore, Robbie Anderson, Terrace Marshall, I think you you can justify keeping all three of those. Chenault, I've seen dropped in a few leagues, even going to Carolina. I don't see much that changes there. I think he's still a roster clogger, so if you want to sabotage drop him and let somebody else pick him up, I think that's totally okay. Tight ends, I think Tommy Tremble is the only one that I want to keep. And then, yeah, nobody on the practice squad either that I'm interested in. Yeah, certain formats, I will keep both tight ends. I do like Tommy Tremble. We both like Tommy Tremble. Yep. Like, no one talks about him, yet they talk up Brevin Jordan. They talk up Cole Komet. And I'm not saying he's as good as those guys or he's going to be as good for them as fantasy, but there's a, there's a shot that he's – just pretty good. I mean, he was a 21-year-old rookie that played a ton as a rookie and has a right. super, super good athletic profile. So right. like, he just doesn't get talked about, but he's a starting tight end. So I think you could do worse. And, you know, you mentioned the receivers. Like the only reason you'd keep Chenault is because you go, well, the receivers ahead of him besides DJ Moore could suck. Right. So there's a shot that he could be the number two, even though technically it's Robbie Anderson and Terrace Marshall. But it could easily be Shai Smith or Richard Higgins or LaVisca Chenault. Like they actually, for real football, I think the Panthers did pretty well to round out their wide receiver room this year by getting Higgins and Chenault. Like you could do worse as your wide receiver five and six or right. your wide receiver four and five. So I think that's good. And uh, oh, let me ask you this. Is PJ Walker a pickup in a short term? Like could play him in a game or two just because he can run? Or is that one you, if, if he was out yeah. there, you just want to avoid? Because he has started before. Yeah, he has started before. Like, I, I would pick him up if, if Baker got hurt, yeah. But I, I'm not picking him up right now, no. Would you I, rather have him over Jared Stidham? Right now or if they got injured or if the quarterback Right now. Him. You have to stash one backup quarterback because you don't know who else to pick up. P.J. Walker, yeah. Okay, well then, if I like Jared Stidham, you can at least justify somebody could pick up P.J. Walker. So that's a good conclusion. Um, and then Matt Corral, I seen you've actually just dropped flat out dropped in a couple of leagues. So I think that's a, that's the smart play with him. He's out for the year. New regime's going to be coming in next year. Most likely. Um, I just don't see him ever, you know, being more than a backup in the league. I mean, is Sam Darnold a cut? Um, I think I would still just hold on to him. Just, I mean, you can IR him, but if he comes yeah. back and, then what, what do you do with him when he comes back? I think he's still worth a hold. He's like, I mean, we did, we did the same shit with Andy Dalton. Like, I think he's like destined to be Andy, Andy Dalton. Dalton was good for like seven years. Well, I'm Arnold's saying, never I'm been good. The, the role of bouncing Fair. around from team Fair. to team. He is going to bounce around for, he's going to get like five more shots with like five teams, yeah. but he might, he might be the next Josh McCown or Ryan Fitzpatrick who has like 18 different jerseys by the end of his career. Yeah, that's an interesting one. But yeah, I, I've you see teams with Sam Darnold, and I'm just like, 
I yeah. want to hold him because I know he's a, a, a high pedigree backup quarterback, but yeah. then you're like, okay, what am I getting if he actually started? Right. <laughs> Not yeah, anything. So. Yeah. All right. On to the Saints. This is another straightforward depth chart. No surprises here. Jameis Winston, Andy Dalton, quarterbacks. Alvin Kamara, Mark Ingram, Tony Jones um, at running back. So they actually cut Abram Smith before the 53. It was actually at the 80-man cut down. And Abram Smith has not been picked up anywhere so far that I've seen. So Abram Smith, if you're still holding on to him, he's a, he's a goner. Uh, wide receivers, Michael Thomas, Chris Olave, Jarvis Landry are going to be your main three that you want to keep. I think the rest of these guys – just cut them um, if you have them. Deontay Hardy, Traquan Smith, Marquez Callaway, Kawan Baker. I know there's probably some teams that still have Traquan and Marquez Callaway. Just do yourself a favor. Cut them now. Grab a running back. Tight ends, Taysom Hill, Adam Troutman, Jawan Johnson, and Nick Vanette they have at tight ends still. Um, I'm still holding on to Troutman. I think he's still the starter, but it's starting to dwindle where I might consider cutting him at some point. Uh, Taysom Hill, I guess you got to cut, keep him and see what happens there. Um, but yeah, I mean, pretty straightforward depth chart here. Yeah. Were you surprised that they, it was e- that easy for them to keep Tony Jones over Abram Smith? No. Cause I, I, I like Tony Jones from last year. So. Okay. Yeah. All their receivers. I think, uh, I've seen people picking up Deontay Hardy. I think Traquan Hardy, Marquez Callaway are all roster cloggers can all be cut. Uh, do yourself a favor. I mean, I look at Marquez Callaway and I go, man, he flashed for like three games and I can't cut him. But then like that is exactly the definition of why you don't keep roster cloggers because you look back to something that happened two years ago and you wonder, OK, do I really want to waste a roster spot in lieu of one of these running backs that I can pick up? Uh, I wouldn't give up on Troutman. I, I think we're way too hard on these tight ends. I mean, this guy came from a D2 school. He's super athletic, and I mean, really, we really gonna cut him in year three, right? Like he's frustrating. Don't get me wrong, right? And you expect nothing out of him, but to think I'm gonna cut him, unless it's a shallower league, like he's actually someone I would buy in two tight end premium leagues because, like, he has no value, but all of a sudden he could come out of no. I mean, he could be like on the Mo Alley Cox type of track where it takes like five seasons for him to earn a role. But, I, yeah, I don't think you can give up on him. So I, I don't cut Adam Troutman. Right. And I know Tony Jones was pretty much out there in, in a lot of leagues, too. If, if he was out there, I'd pick him up. Um, on to Tampa Bay. Another straightforward depth chart here as well. Tom Brady, Blaine Gabbert, Kyle Trask at tight end, or quarterback. Running backs, Leonard Fournette, Rashad White, Gio Bernard, Keyshawn Vaughn. They ended up keeping uh, wide receivers, Chris Godwin, Mike Evans, Russell Gage, Julio Jones, Scotty Miller, Brashad Perriman. How the hell he made it, I'll never know. Jalen Darden. And then tight ends, Cameron Bray, Kyle Rudolph, Cade Otten, and Co. Keft as well that they kept. Um, nobody really on the practice squad worth mentioning. Running backs, I'm only keeping Fournette and Rashad White. I'm, I'm Geo, maybe you can justify holding on to Keyshawn Vaughn. I, I'm just kind of done on him. I think he plays out his rookie contract and ends up getting cut. Um, receivers, Godwin, Evans, Gage, Julio are the only ones that I want as well. Yeah, that there was like 10 receivers. You talked about it all camp. Like the Buccaneers had 10 receivers almost, and you really weren't sure which like three they were going to keep outside of their top four. Right. And I, I think they ended up keeping like, the three you thought they wouldn't keep almost 
Well, Cyril, yeah, Cyril Grayson ended up getting hurt and it, and once they're injured reserve, so that freed up a spot there for him. Um, yeah, I was surprised Perriman made it. I thought he was a goner. Like I hadn't heard about anything from him all preseason. Yeah. So, I mean, those guys are cloggers. I honestly, I think their tight ends are cloggers too. I mean, remember when, remember when Kate Otten was the starter? Yeah. <laughs> and then he wasn't because they just yeah. had two guys that are old and crusty ahead of him. But I think yeah. any tight end on Tampa Bay that produces in a week and you can get a third, like get out now. Yeah. Cause I they're agree. all just guys. So if you want to keep Kate Otten, then I guess you can get him. but I, I wouldn't even pay a third for him in certain formats. There's tight ends you can pick up for free that have the same shot as him. So right. I wouldn't even bother with that. So yeah, this one's pretty straightforward. I would prefer to hold Vaughn over Bernard. I've cut Bernard, okay. but that's also me giving up on a player that I think is probably zapped, whereas Vaughn might just suck. So I really, it's kind of, if you didn't want either one of them and you preferred the fourth running back on like, you know, the, the one, the top guy on the Colts practice squad or the Eagles, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be opposed to saying you would rather hold you know, Kennedy Brooks or Devontae Price over either of those Tampa Bay guys, because I think that this right. there's a big gap between the top two and them. Um, next up is Arizona. Kyler Murray, Colt McCoy at quarterback, pretty much what we expected. Running backs, we thought maybe there would be one of these guys cut, but they actually ended up keeping all five. So James Conner, Eno Benjamin, Daryl Williams, Keontae Ingram, and Jonathan Ward, they ended up keeping. Wide receivers, DeAndre Hopkins, Hollywood Brown, A.J. Green, Rondell Moore, Greg Dortch, Andy Isabella, Antoine Wesley, and then tight end, Zach Ertz, Trey McBride, Max Williams. Um, running back wise, I think Connor, Eno Benjamin, Daryl Williams, and I, I still held on to my Keontae Ingrams. I'll hold all four of those guys. Jonathan Ward, nobody really had. Uh, but what do you think? You will you hold on to these four running backs? Yep. I mean, that was you were looking for the one that got cut, and that would be the one that you would cut. Uh, none of them got cut, so keep all four. And uh, I think all their receivers are roster cloggers. I mean, you can argue that AJ Green is a roster clogger, even though he may produce like early on in the season, but he's somebody that I've cut in leagues. And uh, yeah, the tight ends. I've seen some people picking up Max Williams. I don't know why, but they have. So yeah, that's it. This is yeah. a straightforward one. The four running backs, the three receivers, and Trey McBride and Ertz. Uh, Rams, another straightforward depth chart. Matt Stafford, Wolford, Bryce Perkins at quarterback. Cam Akers, Daryl Henderson, Kyron Williams, Jake Funk at running back. Wide receivers, Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, Tutu Atwell, Lance McCutcheon, Ben Skoranek, Brandon Powell. And they only kept two tight ends, Tyler Higbee and Bryson Hopkins. Um, nobody really worth mentioning on their practice squad. Um, I, I've I've picked up a couple of Wolflers just to hang on to, just in case Stafford's elbow goes to shit. Um, but yeah, that's what I'm doing with Wolford. Running backs, I think Akers, Henderson, and Kyron Williams, you gotta hold. Jake Funk, uh, he could be on the waivers. Wide receivers, you know, Cup, Allen Robinson, Van Jefferson, I think you gotta own. Tutu Atwell, I'm fine with cutting. You know, if he ends up being something, then whoop de doo. Uh, Lance McCutcheon, I've picked up a couple just because he has looked good, but I'm sure he'll ultimately be a roster clogger that I'll hold on to for way too long. And then Higby and Hopkins, I know you like Bryson Hopkins a little bit. Uh, those are definitely two guys that you're going to want to hold on to as well. Yeah, Hopkins has been a huge pickup for me over the summer, but just being, uh, I mean, you, it, and it's not even like I had any inside info on Bryson Hopkins. He was a, 
average prospect that's pretty athletic, that has a high rise score. And remember, everyone thought that it was going to be Kendall Bland in the Super Bowl and Bryson Hopkins had like four catches. So, I mean, they right. showed their hand when they needed a guy to throw it to. It was Bryson Hopkins over Kendall Blanton and their profiles back it up. I mean, Kendall Blanton is basically like a tackle. Right. And Bryson Hopkins is athletic. So I, I think he's a he's a must add. If you're in two tight end league, he has to be added. If you're in two PPR, just to start one, I think you have to add him. Because if, if Higby was to get hurt, I think this is one where the offense could kind of sustain a, a third or fourth option at tight end in a spot start. So mm-hmm. he's one of the few like handcuffed tight ends that has experience in the system that I would say I want to roster. So right. yeah, this is a this one's pretty straightforward. I do wonder if it's uh I've seen some people say they would play by Bryce Perkins over John Walford, but I, I don't know. But I, the backup on the on the Rams, whoever it is, I think is a another one of those sneaky you never know. You know, like those right. are one of the ones you pick up when you put a guy on injured reserve an hour before the game, just in case the elbow flares up. Like right, you have right. the backup and then you cut them after the week if nothing happens, but always right. keep an eye on those Rams. I think that's like the prime situation to do that with this year. So good call. Right. Uh, 49ers. So quarterbacks, Trey Lance, Jimmy Garoppolo, Brock Purdy, they ended up keeping uh, running backs, Elijah Mitchell, Jeff Wilson, Jr. Tyrion Davis, Price, Jordan Mason, uh, wide receivers, Debo Samuel, Brandon, Ayuk, Danny Gray, Ray, Ray McLeod, Jawan Jennings, and then tight ends, George Kittle, Ross Dwelly, Charlie Warner. Uh, nothing too much to note on the practice squad. All four of these running backs you're keeping just to see what happens there. They Obviously, Trey Sermon got cut. Um, so Jordan Mason, the undrafted guy, beat him out. Uh, wide receivers, I think Debo, Ayuk, and Danny Gray are worth holding on to. Um, I think Jawan Jennings ends up starting as like the third receiver, but it's, it's whenever you're ever going to play him. So I, I have him on a few rosters, my deeper leagues, but yeah, he's probably ultimately a roster clogger. And then Kittle's really the only tight end you want to own here. Yeah. Jennings is one of those I have on a couple teams. And I, every time I see him on the team, I know I only have like two shares. And whenever I only have one or two shares of a player, I obsessively try to figure out a way to cut him. Because I hate having one or two. Like, I want to get it to where I have multiples or none. But then I can see, like, well, they don't have – I mean, they only have five receivers. And it's not like they have three good pass-catching tight ends. And, I mean, you could see a story where Jennings does a little bit of, like, what Debo does if he were to get hurt. So, like, I could see a path to you keeping him. Like, he's not one of the exception third receivers I would keep that's not a roster caller because they do have two really good receivers plus Kittle. So right. you're never going to know when to start him unless Debo was hurt. But, yeah, I think there's his, uh, the two quarterbacks, the four running backs, and then maybe maybe Jennings if you want to count him. So it's a pretty clean depth chart, I think, for fantasy. Yeah, I agree. And then on to our last one, Scott's favorite team uh, that he doesn't admit to. It's the perfect Seattle. that they're last because they're literally the lowest valued team in the league. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, should we go over Alabama's depth chart instead? You know, they're probably better than this team. <laughs> yeah, man. Yeah, could rush through it. There's, I think there's a couple uh, players I like, but yeah, yeah, this is gross. Yeah, so quarterbacks, Geno and Locke. Running backs, Ken Walker, Rashad Penny, DJ Dallas, Travis Homer. I actually like all four of those running backs, so I'll hold all four of them on my teams if I can. Um, I like Dallas over Homer if I had to choose between the two. 
Wide receivers, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Dwayne Eskridge, Marquise Goodwin. I'm surprised he made the team. Derek Young and Penny Hart made the team. Penny Hart is pretty much just a special teams type player. Uh, tight ends, Noah Fant, Will Disley, and Colby Parkinson. Um, nobody really to mention on the practice squad there either. Colby Parkinson's a guy that I like. I mean, me and you have both shit on Will Disley is pretty much his whole career. Um, but if Parkinson ever got in there, I think he could be really good. Um, so that's one guy I'll, I'll keep an eye on in my two tight end leagues and stuff. Um, Metcalf Lockett are the only receivers you want. I'm just dropping Dwayne Eskridge. The guy can't stay healthy. Um, all four running backs, like I said, I'll keep. Geno Smith and Lock, I'll keep both if I have them on my team as well. Yeah, basically the same sentiments. I won't roster Travis Homer. Uh, I will. We do have one DJ Dallas that you picked up in one of our leagues, so that's the only one I have. So I'm kind of forced mm-hmm. to just keep it because I understand the logic of just having him on the team. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but everyone else, I mean, I've seen people picking up JJ Arcega-Whiteside because he's a tight end. It's like, no, nope, he's still like 220 right. pounds. No thanks. Yeah, this is another one of those teams like the Falcons where you're going to look up next year and you hope that, 75% of the players are different because it's just a lot of retreads on here. I mean, really, they still have Marquise Goodwin. I mean, come on. Like they, you couldn't. That's another one of those where I go, there you don't think like Kendrick Pryor's better than him. You know what I mean? Right. And then and they don't claim him and someone else gets him. And it's like, I mean, I guess Kendrick Pryor probably went higher in the waiver order than the Seahawks, but that's just like you see Marquise Goodwin and you go, there isn't a better guy you could have speculated on in a year when your team's going to be absolutely awful. Right. Anyway, we're done. Yeah, I I agree with you on that one. hundred percent, man. We went through every depth chart and depth there. Pretty good stuff. Um, last, before we get out of here, it's time to play America's favorite game. What's your favorite? You ready? Yeah. Which, uh, well, yeah, I don't know the question this week, so go ahead. What is your favorite Marvel movie? What is my favorite Marvel movie? Jeez, yeah. I've seen like a lot of them, but they're all sporadic. Right. I got to think about this. I'll, I, I will say Go first. It's, it's, it's definitely the second Captain America. I don't even remember which one that is, but yeah. That, uh, that is Winter Soldier. Yeah, it's, it's that. It's Captain America. That, yeah, that's a really good one. That's definitely in my top 10. Man, I... I I think I just got to go with, man, Infinity War and Endgame are so good. Like, the hype for all that, like, just the way you feel watching those movies are, is crazy. So I'm probably going to go with Endgame, I'm guessing, just because of the how it all ends and, and how the, the good guys win in the end and all that. But, yeah, I'd probably go with Endgame. That's probably my, my number one there for Marvel movies. Endgame, perfect way to end the episode. Good stuff. Yeah, yep. For sure. All right, guys. I am at Eric Vanek NFL on Twitter. And you can also find the show at America's Game Pod as well. Um, also, make sure you guys check out that newsletter that we got every Friday. So, you know, you can get it to your inbox. It's allgas.beehive.com. And beehive is spelled B E E H I I V.com slash subscribe. So make sure you guys subscribe uh, to our Destination Debbie newsletter where you get 
info from everybody there. We'd really appreciate it. Um, also make sure you guys rate, subscribe to the podcast, rate, review, all that good stuff that helps us out a lot as well. And Scott, what do you got going on at, um, dynasty and chill coming up for us? Oh, always dynasty and chill. That's my show. I pretty much do it and just chill out with somebody I want to interview or talk to. Uh, so that's kind of sporadic at this point. Uh, mostly what I'm doing now is at, at trades in five on YouTube. So dynasty trades in five, uh, we're doing a lot of content over there. So you'll see that during the season. That's where we're going to live stream and whatnot, along with America's, America's game. That's where I'll do a, be doing most, most of the content during the season. So trades in five on YouTube. And then obviously my DNC Patreon, you can check out at patreon.com slash dynasty and chill. If you're interested in that content. So another episode of America's game in the books, Eric. Yep, another one, and we'll be back right before um, the season starts. We'll have uh, – guessing that we're probably going to record that one Thursday afternoon or um, or so before um, the uh, Bills and Rams kick off. So we might have a little bit of info on what the Bills and Rams game has already done. Scott will be in Vegas next week um, doing uh, the FFPC live draft, so that will be cool. We'll talk about that a little bit. Um, but yeah, until next week, guys, we'll see you. Thank you.